developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. again listeners and welcome back to dragon's greed gaming you are joining us here for gallows geists our warhammer fantasy roleplay fourth edition actual play series and we are up to episode 29 tonight as we return to gallows end after quite a bloody battle how is everyone doing tonight fellas feeling good i'm personally recovered from the trauma of last episode <laughs> holy cow you know i've ran a lot of combats in my years as a dm but um that was definitely one of the most micro intensive i could imagine in a long time it, it went really fast to be honest i think all things considered, yeah, I think so. But it helps when you crit people and kill them in like two hits. Yeah, I'll speed we, things along. Pretty lucky. <laughs> uh, and yes, uh, so um, quite a quite a few things happened. And before we delve into things, uh, just a couple housekeeping things I'd like to let our listeners know about. First of all, thank you all for joining us once again. Uh, I would hope that at this point on episode twenty nine, if you're still listening, you're as invested as we are. And uh, if you're new, well, uh, hopefully you will enjoy the crazy shenanigans of the dark grim of Warhammer that we find ourselves in. Uh, regardless, I am your host, Lord Borak, the Great Unclean One, and I am joined by my friends and players, Brian, Matt, and Tyler, playing as Firth, Mort, and LaVolpe. Um, so as I said, a couple housekeeping things before we begin. First and probably most important is uh, I realized after doing a little bit of reading and reaching out to the Facebook group that uh, Mort having spent his fate point to avoid that critical shot to the head from the Hockland long rifle that Hawthorne was carrying uh, also means that he did not suffer the critical wound. So as cool as it was to see the elf in the party lose one of his ears, that is not the case. So his fate point is still spent. He did avoid getting shot in the head, and he also avoided losing an ear. 
Um, also, uh, before tonight's session and during this week, me and the guys have worked out the endeavors that their characters have done. Uh, there's going to be some downtime for the party between the Battle of Gallows End and what's going to happen uh, once we get to the next part of the adventure and the next part of the story. So I just wanted to go over that really quick. Uh, Firth, you had taken up uh, or used, everyone had three endeavors to spend. Firth, you had spent one of them to do the career change endeavor. So you're able to move into a new career without having to spend extra XP. And Firth has decided that he is going to leave the Stevedore career and move into the Witch Hunter career as an apprentice. Getting off those docks. I believe the first level is called Interrogator, if I recall. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And then for his second endeavor, he did the training endeavor. So he spent some money and some XP to learn something outside of his class. And he boosted up his intelligence score a little bit. Uh, however, he did not spend his third endeavor. Didn't really have anything he was interested in. So um, we didn't do that. Uh, and for any listeners are kind of ignoring the banking endeavor. I think it's kind of a weird rule that the game assumes you spend all of your money uh, between adventures. Um, and my personal experience with groups and role-playing, that's very rarely the case. It's usually people hoarding every coin they can get their hands on. So <laughs> not something I enjoy and I just don't like that rule. So other than the uh, interest part, the banking endeavor is kind of pointless since we're not worrying about spending all your money. So um, if you're wondering, well, why isn't Brian spent saving his money? That's why. Uh, Tyler, uh, playing as La Volpe, you spent uh, two of your three endeavors to do the training uh, endeavor, and you did one of those to learn the swim skill and put some advances in that, and you also learned the climb skill and put some advances in that. Yeah, and... I mean, I need to be able to be a little stealthier, and vertically and underwater seems to be lacking, right? Well, it makes sense for someone to... from, from Telia. <laughs> yeah, you should probably know how to swim all that water. And what was your uh, third endeavor? I, f I forgot. The read and write. Oh, yes. So he also um, learned the uh, the talent read and write, uh, which is a specialty thing as well. And actually, I realize now, Tyler, I believe I forgot to tell you if that costs any XP or if it, um, if it costs any money. So bear with me a minute while I look that up. Um... Okay, so it is one thing to pick up a skill that can be readily practiced. It is quite another to learn something for which no one may have no aptitude at all. This endeavor allows you to attempt to learn a talent outside of your career. There's no guarantee that this attempt will be successful, meaning there's a good chance you will fail if you uh, to learn the talent uh, that you hope to acquire, expending XP and money to no avail. You can only learn a talent if you have an appropriate tutor. Um, in most big cities, this will not be a problem, but in more obscure areas, it could be. Once you've acquired a tutor, it is, uh, the fee to train is 2d10 shillings per 100 XP that it costs to purchase the talent. If you pay this fee, attempt a negative 20 test using the characteristic or skill most relevant to the talent as determined by the GM. If you succeed, you learn the talent. 
If not, you failed, but if you try this uh, endeavor again in the future, you gain a plus 10 uh, for each failed attempt. So obviously you've got a tutor uh, can teach you how to read and write, as can some of the other NPCs around here. Um, it'll cost 100 because it's a talent. So first question, do you have 100 XP to spend? No, you know what? I think the better thing to do or what why we didn't do that was I was going to use the other endeavor to forego using the 100 XP to get up to rank three. Oh, that's correct. Okay. All right. So yes. maybe I'll just, yes. I'll hold on, read it right for now. And we'll keep okay. it as I is, as it is, because I already spent that. Um, I'm down to 35 with climb and swim. So okay. I wouldn't be and able to put the XP. Had, had you spent 100 XP to get read and write yet or no? No. Okay, then we're good. All right. Yeah. So third endeavor, much like Firth, uh, level up in your career. Yeah. And then finally, Mort, our resident elf wizard, uh, he did the first one, which is a specific uh, endeavor for elves, where they have to kind of report to some of their own and let them know what they're up to. And I think specifically with Mort's character having come to the Empire to... Uh, kind of expand his horizons and learn more about the Empire and try to broaden his skill set. And being so young, I think it makes sense that you probably have someone that you reach out to, you know, whether it's an Altdorf or maybe one of the elven colonies or elven districts in one of the big cities, you know, to let them know what you've been up to and, and what progress you can kind of, you know, be in touch with your family back home and things like that. So, um, however, uh, Mort also did the income endeavor and earned a little extra coin for doing wizardly things, perhaps uh, either here in Ubersreich or more likely maybe, uh, I'm sorry, here in Gallows End or more likely out in Ubersreich. And uh, much like uh, La Volpe, you also did the training endeavor to learn the swim skill. So... Um, and then also, our players had a nice chunk of XP. I think each of you had about a thousand experience, give or take, to spend. So I uh, see some noon improved characters. I know Firth was uh, focusing on uh, combat and becoming a witch hunter. Mort, kind of improving your casting skills and learning a new spell. And Lavolpe. Uh, finished up level two of his career and so rounded out the skills and characteristics he had to uh, have to get to level three. So Mort is still level two wizard. Uh, Lavolpe is a level three duelist. And Firth is in his third career level, but he is back to being a level one uh, now in the Witch Hunter class. So a lot of interesting and cool character development. Uh, did I miss anything there, fellas? I think that was about it. Sounds good to me. I think that was everything, yeah. All right, cool. All right, well, Firth would probably be one of the two that could help Lavolpe and Mort learn how to swim, as could Riker, the quartermaster, as he's spent a lot of time on the docks. Um, if need be, I suppose you could also track down uh, Johannes as well from uh, the docks and Firth's old boss. Um, but regardless, we are back after the Battle of Gallows End last week. So things finally came to a head as you guys were ambushed by Strauss, Bauman, 
Hawthorne and the Black Cowls as you tried to escape the keep. Gand was shot in the head by Hawthorne, died on the spot, and you guys were quickly surrounded and a fight broke out. However, you were not alone in your uh, defense and your little kind of rebellion and escape plan, as many of the other NPCs came to your aid, including uh, Whistler, LaVolpe's friend, the Plague Doctor, um, Sister Capri Holden, uh, Gans, the Stable Master, Podge, the Blacksmith, Riker, the Quartermaster, and Wendy, the Barkeep. Um, I think that was everybody. I don't think I'm missing anybody. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, all of them came to your assistance, and despite a bloody fight with a lot of injuries and critical hits and even a fate point or two being spent, you guys had managed to take out Hannah Bauman, the rogue witch hunter, Captain Strauss, who you guys basically left to bleed out as Firth gave his speech to try to rally the guards and plead your guys' case to what had kind of transpired. Uh, you took out Sergeant Kruger, Hawthorne's right-hand man, and you took out a total of four of the six black cowls. The other two were captured. Hawthorne escaped through the secret entrance uh, out into the river. Um, when you guys finally have a chance to talk with uh, Johannes, he did not see him. So Johannes is all right, but Hawthorne has escaped and has not been seen since. At this point, you guys got Matthias out of the dungeon. He was very, very injured, bearing the signs of torture from the previous day at the hands of the other witch hunters. And uh, Whistler was busy keeping everyone uh, patched up and trying to heal and fix up everybody's injuries. Unfortunately, during the battle, aside from all the crits and wounds, the blacksmith Podge met his end at the hands of Sergeant Kruger. However, the stable master Gans and Wendy the barkeep extracted their revenge with a critical hit to the face and then a coup de grace to the head as well. So Kruger got his, but Podge and Gans both lie dead. And you guys eventually find out as well that of Gans's three dogs, the first one that um, I believe Firth saw Strauss shoot uh, once it was on the ground after it had been shot by Hawthorne is dead. And that was Ein, who he had slain. The other two dogs, Carver and Stout, are still alive. And um, you guys have noticed that Lucia has taken quite a liking to the dogs. And it looks like she's almost taken it upon herself to take care of them and care for them in Gans's absence. And they pretty much, if they're not in their kennels, they're almost always at her side following her around. So after the battle, you guys discovered that the Chamberlain, Davian Gaius, was indeed on your side. And despite not having directly joined the fight, it seems he tried his best to try to manipulate things from behind the scenes. Uh, as you guys saw when he made one of the Black Cowls stand down when Bre um, uh, Whistler and Captain Rife went into the dungeon to check on everybody that was captured. 
And so he explained to all of you, specifically Firth, that he was going to need to send an inquest into Altdorf to notify the um, witch hunter general of the, uh, the south of what had transpired here. And not long after, maybe about a week or two, given the fact of the journey to and from Altdorf, a large entourage arrived at the gates of Gallows End. A group of 12 Knights Panther, which uh, Mort recognizes one of the biggest, oldest, and most powerful, well-known orders of knights in the Empire, arrived with uh, two or three carriages. Um, the Preceptor, the leader of the knights, introduced himself as Leonidas Gruppen, and he presented to you the Witch Hunter General of the Southern District of the Empire, a man by the name of Eckhard von Meinhardt. And von Meinhardt spent uh, no wasted time getting right down to business, taking up quarters in Strauss's old office, and accompanied by a small group of scribes and servants, began to get testimony from everybody here in Gallows End as to what happened. And over the course of this time, so from the time Gallows End ends, or the Battle of Gallows End ended, up until um, pretty recently, this whole time is about a month worth of stuff that happens. All the travel time and all the interviews. And you guys know that throughout this, Von Meinhardt interviews every single person at Gallows End, some of them multiple times, especially people like Firth uh, and the Geists and, and Gaius. Um, but even all the guards get interviewed and um, the prisoners are, are questioned as well. Uh, during this time, Matthias has pretty much been in some sort of comatose state and really has not come to yet, but he is still alive. And although his body is beginning to heal, um, he's going to bear scars for the rest of his life. Brent the Hunter had a serious injury to his arm, with his elbow being shattered by a crossbow bolt, but it seems that he will survive as well, and Whistler has spent a lot of time trying to uh, keep everybody alive. And Mort, I believe you had an injury as well that needed to be fixed? I got shot in the chest. I got a bullet in me. I need to take it out. All right. So, um, shouldn't be too hard. Oh, yeah. He crushes that by a lot. So All right. you are good. The bullet is removed, and you'll be able to heal your full complement of wounds. So obviously, guys, you're all back to full wounds. You're back to your full uh, allotment of fortune points. Um, and everybody is going to get one resolve as well for surviving this ordeal. Or not, not whatever, not resolve, but was it resilience? Resolve, that's what it is. It's good, because I had zero. As I said, Von Meinhardt interviews everybody. We had a little bit of that last week, and you could tell he's basically trying to piece together what's happened and what's true and what's not true about Strauss's um, betrayal. A few details that come out of this is that um, you guys find out that when he took Bauman prisoner, and uh, Kessler told you guys that uh, Strauss said she'd be taken care of. It turns out Strauss made a deal with Bauman and basically released her and offered her half of the bounty on Dr. Schneider, whom you guys had brought back from Stromdorf. 
she was to bring him to Nome, where the bounty was originated from, get the bounty. She was able to keep half for herself, and the other half came to Strauss in the chapter house in return for her kind of loyalty to help uh, set up this trap against you guys. And it sounds like she did not need much convincing uh, to do that. So not only did he lie to you guys and stab you in the back, but the bounty of of Schneider um, was collected already and not by you guys. There are a couple other people that arrive with von Meinhardt, uh, which I had uh, overlooked and not really mentioned last week. But basically one of the carriages is all the scribes and people that are doing all like the, the book work here. But then there's another carriage that has a few more important individuals. There are two wizards and a warrior priest and another witch hunter, along with uh, what looks like some of their aides that have arrived. And you guys eventually find out that they are here to help out with the guild house that Prochnow was in charge of back in Ubersreich. Um, and amongst these is one individual that you all recognize, the wizard Warnath Odasa from Altdorf, the death wizard, is amongst Yay! this group. My buddy. Uh, his purple robes, uh, magical scythe, and his dark skin, impossible to forget and mistake. Alongside him is a female wizard of the uh, College of Light, and you find out that her name is Mia Becker, and she has three acolytes, uh, Andrea, Bruno, and Daniel. Mort, you would probably know that light magic is considered the most difficult of the eight colleges of magic, or the eight winds of magic, to... Uh, manipulate and especially for humans because it is so difficult to control light wizards often have one or more acolytes that help them control the wind while they do their spells but it is also considered one of the more powerful winds of magic because it has the potential to um basically uh perform like exorcisms and destroy demons and send them back to the realm of chaos um, because of this, you would know that light wizards, more than any other wizards, assist the witch hunters because they generally come up against the forces of chaos. And when the Empire goes to war, especially if they're being invaded by you know, the Northmen and the, the hordes of chaos, light wizards are frequently one of the more common types of battle wizards that are found amongst their ranks. Uh, and she is a stark contrast to Warnath. She is a somewhat attractive uh, woman. Looks like she's probably in her 30s. And she is in very clean, white, and kind of cream-colored robes. Uh, kind of like uh, like Gandalf the White when he comes back. There's a mixture of, of white and light colors uh, in her attire. And her acolytes are all dressed uh, in a similar fashion, although they don't have all the charms and fetishes that a full wizard like her has. Amongst them is also a warrior priest by the name of Father Gerhardt, and he has an acolyte assistant by the name of Anton. 
And much like um, the typical warrior priest, when he shows up, uh, unlike the warrior priest you guys met in Altdorf, he is in his full battle gear. So he's got the heavy plate, uh, you know, breastplate armor with the thigh coverings that are very common in the Empire. He has the red robes that are typical of the Cult of Sigmar, the clean-shaven head. Uh, he's got like a metal... Um, uh, what's it called, a gorget or circlet that sits on his head, kind of like a crown, which a lot of warrior priests wear. And he has a massive two-handed hammer that he seems to carry very, very easily. And out of everybody, he looks like the oldest and definitely the most experienced of the group. Um, Anton looks to be probably in his 20s, uh, dresses in a similar fashion, although he doesn't have the full like armor and plate mail that this guy has. And finally, there's a witch hunter that you learn is named Augustus Benedict. And typical look of a witch hunter, he looks uh, maybe a little bit younger than Kessler, maybe in his early 30s. Uh, Clean-shaven guy with um, just a little bit of stubble from the travel. Um, you really don't hear much about him, but it seems like all of them have been brought in to help deal with what is happening in Ubersreich. Is there anything any of you would like to do or anyone you want to talk to before I move forward? That's a lot of names. Uh, yeah, not a, that's good. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, you probably won't have to worry about a lot of that, but I, I know it's a lot to give you guys. Um, a, lot of, a lot of cleanup here, I guess, after we've just finished such a big portion of the campaign. So uh, during this time, uh, you guys also would have burials for Gand and Podge, and uh, or I should say funerals. Um, there isn't a cemetery here, there isn't burial grounds, and so their bodies will be burned. Um, but unlike the many heretics that are burned here, they are not um, like strapped to the the stake like you know most people are. There's a proper funeral pyre that's built for each of them, and it is a somber experience. And this would probably happen before Von Meinhardt arrives. You know, his guys aren't going to wait two weeks to do that for these guys. So it's a somber uh, moment when you guys do this, and it's kind of a quiet uh, scene as they're left to burn and you know the pillars of smoke kind of rise into the sky. Uh, but that is how their bodies are handled. Um, ultimately, with Ubersreich, once this group is here, von Meinhardt, uh, I should say Leonidas, uh, comes and finds Euferth, and he has Gaius with him, and they tell you that von Meinhardt wants to see you. Sorry, I, di I didn't realize I was on mute there. Yeah, ready for another uh, interrogation of sorts. So they bring you back to uh, the office, and it's a pretty quick conversation, but Von Meinhardt explains that um, basically this other group that's here are going to uh, be the ones to help you deal with the guild house. And since you are not yet a full witch hunter, you haven't been inducted or ordained yet, uh, Augustus uh, Benedict will be the one in charge of this, but von Meinhardt wants you to go with, you know, one for the experience and your training, and two because you know you and your group were actually there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, Firth is relieved more than anything. 
Um, you get into the office, Augustus is there, uh, you know, just kind of standing in the corner, you know, and just listening to these orders. So he'll kind of take the lead on that and you'll go with. You're free to bring the other Geists if you want. That's up to you. Um, but you guys are going to go back there and properly deal with everything. Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously I'll leave it up to the the guys themselves, but uh, I mean, I, I'd be happy to have them along, and and they they've all got something to contribute in terms of you know, we've all got something invested in it, seeing as we've um... okay. Um, Lavolpe and Mort, do you guys join them? All right, we're going to go back yeah, and that... uh, go back to Ubi's Rack and check out what we found. Correct. Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. I was actually in my uh my short term goal. I don't know that doesn't apply anymore, but uh yeah. All right. So you guys load up uh into basically two wagons because there's so many of you. Uh it looks like Benedict and the warrior priest and his acolyte uh will be in one and uh Firth, you know, Benedict tells you to come sit with him and then the other uh, one is going to have the wizards and her acolytes. So the two of you can get into whichever carriage you'd like. I mean, I'm going to get in the one that Warnath gets in because I'm going to try talking to him on the way. Okay. And Mort, I assume you're probably going to hop in with the wizards too? Yeah, wizards for sure. Look at those nerds with their books and staves. Yeah. Way too, cool. so cool. Way too nope. cool for Their us. <laughs> it's okay. You guys have more leg room in the first carriage now. So, uh, so yeah, you guys head out, and uh, as you're traveling, Benedict uh, looks over to you. What you've garnered and kind of gathered about him, um, Firth, he seems pretty straightforward, no nonsense. He doesn't seem as hardcore as a lot of witch hunters. He seems to be a bit more kind of carefree and just matter of fact. Um, you can tell that underneath, you know, he probably has, you know, his seriousness like Kessler does, but he doesn't seem um, as arrogant or as fanatic as a lot of the other witch hunters you've met. He's not just out there trying to intimidate me and like... No, no. He, you know, like he gives you orders pretty curtly, but he doesn't seem to be too much of a dick about it. And it's more just, you know, stuff like, hey, you know, sit with me. Here's what we're going to do. You know, he's not like asking you to polish his shoes or anything like that. So when you guys are heading out, he basically explains to you, you know, you guys are going to go there with everybody that's here. You're going to catalog everything, load them up into the carriages and then bring everything back. And then it'll be dealt with accordingly, either kept here or destroyed or maybe brought to Altdorf if it's something that's really, you know, shouldn't just be left here in the chapter house. And he asks you some questions about, you know, how you guys came about the um, the guild house, how you found out about Proc now and, you know, what you guys had taken the first time around. And that's all been locked up in the vault at this point. So you go back and kind of get everything else and hope that... Um, you know, you haven't caused too much of a scene. And also so that he can give kind of a proper, proper declaration to the city as to what's going on. Because um, obviously a lot of people, especially people that are part of the guild, have been asking, you know, what's going on? Why can't we get in? Obviously people notice that Proc now and Olga have been missing at this point. You know, 
Olga, maybe not like so much as far as like you hear about that, but people definitely are asking about Proc now, you know, since he was the guild master. Yeah, and I, you know, I explained to him too that like we've been pretty anxious about this, like, you know, being in, incomplete and we've definitely, it, it feels like a loose end for us that we're not happy about the fact that it's out there, you know, like we want it tidied up for sure. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, Sounds like Kessler pointed you guys in the right direction with all this. Sounds like a pretty big find. What can you tell me about it? Uh, he fancied himself a collector of sorts. Um, and he uh, had uh, essentially like a museum's worth of stuff kind of stuck, I guess, kind of underneath this uh, main room in the... In the, um, the uh, Guildhouse, um, and you know I don't know a lot about these things, but um, the people that know more than I do seemed a little bit terrified by what they, what was in there. Um, and you know I, I explain how how that we've been tracking him, you know, like his connections to the 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 uh, nine the cult of the nine eyes, uh, and so on. You know, he listens, um, asks a couple questions here and there just to kind of clarify or follow up on some things, but more or less he lets you kind of talk and, and tell your tale. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I don't go too far because, like, you know, Earth doesn't know a lot about magic stuff and, and why this would be problematic exactly, but he knows that people that care about these things are upset by it, so... Yeah, he, he probably picks up on that, and uh, eventually uh, Benedict says, um, yeah, from what I've read, this cult of the Nine Eyes is a Zichian cult, so it's no surprise that this guy is a collector, and most of these cult types usually are in some fashion, but especially the Zichian ones. You know, I, I first asked him a little bit about what clearly Firth wouldn't know, I presume, about what that means? No, I mean, as far as the four chaos gods, uh, the average citizen has probably heard of them, but usually by alternate names or, like, one of their many titles. Um, but you probably would know, like, very basic things, if any. And Zeech is probably one of the more hidden ones. You know, like, everybody's, you know, they may have heard of Corn, but they might refer to him as the blood god or the god of battle. And... You know, things like that. So he says, well, there's uh, there's four gods of chaos that these fanatics worship. And those that follow Zinch uh, usually are scholarly and wizardly types. Zinch's whole dogma is about change and collecting knowledge. And his followers usually boast some of the most powerful wizards that you'll encounter out there. A lot of mutations amongst them as well. Um, so yeah, it doesn't surprise me that this guy has a collection. I would imagine, based on what you've told me, most of this stuff is illegal or profane or downright dangerous. Well, yeah, Frith does tell him about the yeah, too, about like, yeah, I, I actually touched a sword uh, at one point that was in there, and... Uh... He had that really awful experience with that sword where it like started to pry him out right away. Um, you know, and he'll just say, like, you know, I dropped it immediately and whatever, but like 
just just even touching one of those things was uh, a pretty horrifying experience. Yeah, you got to be careful. Sometimes uh, they could be possessed by an entity, which might try to possess you. Or if you if you use the thing too much, it might start to gain control over you, start to kind of dictate your actions and make you more like whatever's inside of it. Um, it could just be cursed. You know, some sort of powerful spell that's meant to harm you in some way. Um, I've seen all sorts of nasty things. So it was uh, it was instructive, I have to say. I mean, I, I it's not a mistake I'm going to make twice. Oh, good. Well, um, yeah. Now, now you see why we say don't touch anything. <laughs> it's a matter of a uh, matter of reality with these lunatics. Lesson learned. And yeah, so he'll, you know, he'll ask, answer some other questions, but otherwise he um, just kind of, you know, gets as much detail as he can. And obviously you can, as he talks, you realize that he's obviously read some reports or talked to other people in the chapter house to get an idea um, about uh, what's going on. Uh, meanwhile, in the other carriage, uh, you guys have a chance to meet this other wizard and her acolytes and obviously catch up with uh, Warnath, who, as always, seems really happy to see you guys and seems glad to be here. Oh, Warnath, did you ask for Simon specifically? He gives you a grin, and he says, I may have heard of this happening. I have a few ears and eyes out in Ottdorf, and, uh, well, let's just say when it came to uh, to my attention, um, I realized I should be here. Plus, since I've worked with Kessler so many times in the past, I have some connections with the Temple of Sigmar and the Templars, so uh, sometimes they seek me out for these things. Um, I've worked a lot with uh, the sort of thing we're going to go deal with. Well, after everything you've been through, it's good to see a friendly face. Ah, yes. Could not get here quick enough. Though I am sad to see what happened to Matthias. Well, he's still breathing, mostly. That's, uh... Me at least being thankful for that. Yes, we were expecting the worst. Yes, another terrible thing he'll have to carry on his soul. What is a man supposed to do when those he's supposed to trust stab him in the back? It is good he had you by his side. Unfortunately, we were by his side in the initial fight. Uh, we weren't good enough, but hey, at least uh, at least we're all pulled through in the end, despite uh, the betrayal. Nonsense, my friend. Good enough. If it weren't for you, I hear... Uh, Perhaps they all would have been executed. You should be proud of that. You know, sneaking into a compound uh, full of people who want to kill me, you know, n not my idea of a good time, but, uh, you know, at least, uh... well, <laughs> and I, I didn't get caught and cuffed and uh, tortured. <laughs> uh, perhaps uh, Ronald watches over you with a little bit of luck, no? You can always use a little, little luck from him from time to time. <laughs> and you, Lovope, other than what just happened, how have you been? 
Well, I am surprised I did not see your uh, your god more. A few brushings with uh, maybe leaving this life. I'm lucky so far. I did get shot, um, but uh, no worse for wear. And good to see you. You as well. You as well. Though, just because I hail from the Amethyst College does not mean that Moore is my primary god. I just happen to oh, work in not. his... No, I just happen to work in his field, as they say. Do there Are there others that work in his field that are not Amethyst wizards? Well, the priests of Moore are the most common. They are the true worshippers and servants of the Death God. Some people in my order, I'm thinking of- um, they will, uh, sometimes they undergo some of the training that, uh, that the priests take. What does their training allow them to do? Well, more of the practical things how to properly care for the deceased, how to consecrate the ground against the undead and the curse of necromancers, how to find out if a necromancer may be working in an area, things like that. Hmm. I was wondering if worshipping more can help me become a better fighter. Well, it would not be the first I had heard of. But most Morite priests are more of the priestly type, not like the warrior priests of Sigmar. Though there are warrior priests of Mor, as there are of most gods, and the there are even uh, a knightly order or two in the Empire that uh, that worship Mor over the others. Mm. That is very interesting, my friend. I will think upon this. Well, since a soldier must confront death every day, sometimes it is best to have the god of death on your side, no? That's the way I I am seeing it, my friend. Well, perhaps I can tell you what I know. And, uh, well, there are plenty of Morite priests throughout the Empire, so if you travel outside Gallows End again, I'm sure you'll have a chance to broaden your horizons. Yes, that sounds very, very good. Thank you. Uh, I must ask you if you've had any correspondence with the Order since we last met. Not much. Um, just more rumblings of this warlord in the north. They keep getting worse and worse. I fear that perhaps the rumors might turn out to be true, and all the ravings of the doomsayers might yet come to pass. Hmm. I can't help but wonder, friend, if I was not sent here, as they said, in Kessler's service to help prevent this, uh, his life from being taken. I, I can't uh, help but wonder if they knew something. Oh, who's to say? It's very possible. Their reach is long. Their knowledge is ever-growing and ever-present. It is certainly possible. For now, we try to keep uh, keep tabs on the teams that are out searching for the crown, but 
communication is few and far between. They've gone to all corners of the old world and beyond. If the rumors are is true, any, what's to be uh, done? Uh, I'm sorry. I must say, yeah, I you guys can't talk about for the crowd. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I cut out. Go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, well, if the rumors of the spoiler are true, well, what's to be done? <sighs> well, I imagine most of what seems to have happened throughout history. A warlord rises, he gathers an army, they march through Kislev, and we either stop them there, or they make their way through, and then we have to fight alone. So, armies, I suppose, will be raised, defenses will be built, and hopefully another hero will rise to save the day, as they say. And who would that hero be? Why you? Well, the Empire has not had a warlord uh, of chaos in quite a while. The last one was the one that Magnus the Pious killed in Kislev. So it has been over 200 years since the Empire has faced a true incursion of the great enemy. Assured, the northern provinces, they get assaulted by the Northmen. Um, the, uh, the Marauders come through troll country and into Kislev, fight the Ungol tribes there, or they cross the Sea of Claws and they attack the coast of Nordland and fight the Empire's navy. But a true invasion, thankfully, bless Sigma, uh, is few and far between. It takes quite a powerful individual to rally the Northmen to his banner. Similar to orcs, I suppose, in that manner. Let's hope they uh, take as much time as they need to make anything actually happen. You know, the last thing this place needs is uh, another enemy invasion. Ah, uh, that is the truth. Unfortunately, with the Elector Count and the way they bicker, that is our greatest strength and our greatest weakness. When the Empire is united, then we are strong and we can defeat any enemy. And with friends like the Dwarves and the Elves, we are even stronger. But just like with most men, the Elector Counts bicker and fight over stupid, pointless things while the great enemy gathers their strength. That's Sometimes. the tendency of men. Ah, uh, it is. Though I've seen similar things in the Dwarves. All they do is bicker and complain. I take it you're not a fan of the dwarves being from Utuan. Well, not as much of a fan as them as they are of me. It all seems like a big misunderstanding to me. The War of the Beard? That's what you call it? That's what they call it. We uh, had a dwarf in the... I don't think he liked any of us, to be honest. <laughs> he well, was, uh, he's a very Kraus individual. Being in the colleges, I do not uh, know many dwarves, and uh, but there are certainly plenty in Eltdorf and here in the Empire. Um, but if you can, uh, if you can become a friend of a dwarf, you will have a good friend and a strong friend for life. That is the only reason I think the Empire still stands. Our alliance with the dwarves has saved the Empire many times. 
They've given us many good things and many treasures to help fight the great enemy, the greenskins, the beastmen, the undead. How many enemies? How long can they truly uh, stand strong, the Empire? I don't know. Sometimes I think it's best that uh, us men do not have the lives of elves and dwarves. We only have to fight for so long and then our time is gone. Sometimes I pity you and the others for living here so long, having to fight over and over. It never ends. But, well, we are strong, we are the Empire, and we must fight. That is what Sigma would want, and that is what our jobs are. The only recourse you have is uh, some of the monstrosities around the Empire. Truly no option but to defend yourself and fight back. And this is true. I understand the elves have a similar battle in the north against your kin. Yes, you know, they, they take their ships down from time to time and you know conflicts do arise. But uh Uthwan still stands strong, just as the Empire stands strong. You mean there are evil elves? Yes, there are evil elves uh, fallen from the from our ways, banished out of Uthwan, but yet they still try to come back and uh, come back and attack because they, they feel as though they belong despite the transgressions. So, are there evil dwarves too? Oh, Mort, you can give me an intelligence test at minus thirty. <laughs> Do I know about Chaos Dwarves? <laughs> I do. Pass by two. All right. Um, yeah, what you what you have heard is that there are um, there are dwarves that have fallen to chaos, but other than that, you don't know anything about them. I've heard rumors of uh, of evil dwarves, uh, crazy malformed creatures. Some of them even look like ponies. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I feel better knowing it's not just humans. Warneth nods to that. Yes, the uh, the dark dwarves are a true threat, just like the dark elves. Though they seem what to keep to themselves Mr. mostly in the uh, mountains. Well, that is good. I talked to an Astallion. He says he met the lizard people in the jungles of Lustria. Are they real too? Warneth laughs at that. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard many things about the uh, the jungle lands across the great ocean. They I'm say there are... One of these enemies. They say there are cities built entirely of gold there, but I find that hard to believe. Gold that the dwarves did not get to. That I find hard to believe as well. <laughs> I think there's enough things to worry about here uh, around the Empire than to worry about lizard people from uh, Lustria. I worry about everything, my friend. Do you guys uh, ask him or uh, the other wizard anything else? Well, Volpe is pretty content, unless you want to talk to the other wizard. 
Mort. Uh, to uh, Mia, Mia Becker. That's her name. I'll, uh, I'll ask uh, Mia. So, so Mia, where uh, where'd you train? Where'd you uh, learn your talents? Well, I trained at the colleges, of course. And uh, much of your life in outdoor training there? Pretty much all of it. My family was from Altdorf, so I was fortunate that I was near the colleges, and when I first displayed the gifts, it was a relatively easy matter to handle. You're quite fortunate. You know, most other, uh, those of the gifts do not face uh, such an easy transition. Unfortunate truth, I, I have to say, but... I count my blessings. So why were you chosen for this assignment? Well, much like Warnath, I uh, have helped the Templars quite a bit in my past, um, in my time here in the colleges. And my particular style of magic is well suited to dealing with the great enemy and the forces of chaos. Were there suspicions that there were forces of chaos out in Gallows End? Is that why you were sent out? Uh, well, I don't really know about Gallows End, but as far as what's going on in Ubersreich, it seems like there is. No? Yes, I can definitely confirm that. We've spent some time there ourselves and seen all sorts of uh, oddities and some some monstrosities too. Are you being deployed in Ubersreich? Yes. That is uh, that is why I'm here. Um, I've dealt with many artifacts of chaos before, and my magic uh, lends itself to protection and banishing the creatures of chaos. So I've done things like this before, and I'm sure with Warnath here and... Um, uh, Father Gerhard, I think we'll be able to deal with anything that we encounter down there. I got a glimpse of some of the uh, the relics that were held in the uh, the basement of Prachnow's Sanctum, and there was definitely some foul and demonic energies coming off the items. I believe your your talents could be of great use. Yes, all the more reason we need to get it done quickly. It's a shame that it's been left like this, but I understand from the reports I've read, given the circumstances, there really was no other alternative. So we'll do things quickly, um, depending on what's there. It hopefully shouldn't take too long, though some spells may take quite some time to properly set up. But we'll see when we get there, and if we can, we'll bring everything here, and then we can properly deal with it rather than in the middle of a city. Yeah, the, the sooner whatever influence those items may have around the uh, the people around it, the better. Get that taken out of the city ASAP. And what of you? What brings you here to the Empire? You're far from home. I'm far from home. I uh, wanted to seek up my own training, you know, something uh, a little different from what's standard from all the other elves back in Uthwan. So I decided to come out here to the Empire and expand my horizons and see what could be learned from uh, the humans. You know, life in Uthwan is 
so tranquil sometimes that uh, sometimes you don't get the opportunity to get your hands dirty. And what do you think of the Empire so far? <laughs> More definitely positive for a second as you think. Uh, not like home, I can tell you that. The, uh, the, the non-stop threat of uh, hostility and outside forces and even those within, you know, betraying and backstabbing. You know, it's so much worse than what I've experienced back home. And just the, the amount of distrust men have for each other is I, I I struggle to I find it amazing the empire has become the size that it has with uh, all its trouble. She just nods to that. She doesn't really seem to to take any offense. If she does, she does a pretty good job of hiding it. Um, but she says, um, "I hear Uthwan is quite beautiful. I'd love to travel there sometime." There are ships that travel to and from on a semi-regular basis. If I would highly recommend it. It's a, it's a good place to focus your energies and commune with the wind. Unfortunately, my duties here in the Empire keep me pretty occupied. Though if I ever had a chance, I would certainly take it. Perhaps one day. Perhaps. So eventually you guys reach Ubersreich, and you guys make your stop there. Uh, as we said last time, um, Firth had taken about, uh, I think it was like 10 or 12 of the guards, or even half the guards, 15 of them, to be stationed here and keep the guild house under lockdown to make sure no one else gets in. And when you guys get inside and you start to search that secret passage and eventually, you know, search the whole chapter or the whole guild house, it seems that no one disturbed the secret passage um impossible to say for sure since you weren't able to catalog everything that was down here so you don't know if anything has been taken but uh, more to you when you guys get down there it doesn't seem like anything has been touched or moved uh, you know nothing that you remember especially none of the big displays if anything happened to be taken um it probably would have been something small but as far as you can tell it looks undisturbed, and it seems maybe no one found the secret passage. Obviously, Benedict is a little concerned that if Prochnow is part of this uh, this cult, that maybe there's others in the guild that are, and they may or may not know of this. And since it was, you know, two or three days until you guys were able to put this on lockdown, is there a chance someone came down here? Maybe, but really impossible to say. Regardless. Benedict leads you all down there. Uh, Firth, you're kind of telling him where you guys are going and what to expect. And when you guys get down there, it is much the way you left it. And pretty much the rest of the day is this group of individuals categorizing everything, uh, especially with Warnath, uh, Mia, and Father Gerhardt using their powers to kind of sense whether or not how dangerous things are and then kind of properly transporting them or telling you guys, okay, this is okay to handle, you know, put this in a crate, so on and so forth. Um, so this takes most of the day. I mean, there's some things in here that just because they're in such big displays, you know, and to properly store them takes a little while. 
and it's really just you guys doing it. The guards are pretty much left to guard the place. They don't want them to get exposed to anything potential here. But since you guys are part of a witch hunters group, you guys are allowed to be down there and, and help out as as you will. So, like I said, this takes most of the day uh, to do. Is there anything particular that anyone is doing or uh, trying trying to accomplish? Or do you just kind of go with the flow and, and just kind of follow their lead? I remember there was like a, a black chest that had like this magical aura about it. Um, I, I want to take special care and attention as to what happens when uh, that is removed and I assume like cleansed and opened. Okay. Uh, let me look at my list here. I think Lavolpe is keeping one eye on Mort. He doesn't steal anything. <laughs> okay. The chest is relatively easy, and it seems to go through the the screening process fairly quickly. And then um, it's you know they tell you guys to to bring it into to the wagon, you know, or or bring it upstairs, and then it'll be brought out to the wagon all at once. So um, it doesn't seem like anything anything major happens with that. Certainly not compared to some of these other things. Uh, there, there are two chests, if my notes are correct. There's like a, a regular chest, like an unlocked chest. And there's mm-hmm. like a, a, a black one that had like magical energy coming off of it. Um, is that the one you're, you're referring to? I think the one you're referring to, the, the quote-unquote magic one, it was a stone box that was covered in a silk cloth. Maybe, okay. Okay. Um, that one, um, almost... Immediately when they get anywhere near it, both Warnath and Mia can tell that something is not right. And she immediately casts a spell of some sort. And you're guessing it's some sort of protective spell around herself. And when she um, she takes the, the cloth off and she kind of examines this box for a moment and... She um, looks like she starts to channel a spell for quite some time. Can I do a uh, a test to see what she's what she's casting? You don't know this school of magic, so th- I mean, you might be able to figure out the basics, but you wouldn't know specifically what spell. You can do a um, uh, what is it? Lore? Is it, is it lore or is it language? I always forget. What's oh, it's both, actually. There's lore magic and there's also language magic. Okay, it would be lore magic at minus 30. Yeah. Uh, fail by one. Yeah, you're not sure. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, she, she channels the spell for quite some time. And you can tell she's not rushing. She's just slowly, slowly gathering energy. And as she's doing that, you can tell she's kind of reaching out with her arcane power to kind of reach out and you know touch or examine this thing. And after what seems like several long, agonizing minutes, um, you see that you know her, her spell kind of comes to an end. And she... Uh, says to Warnath, she says, it's Warpstone. He nods, and they begin to uh, channel a spell together, and it looks like to put some sort of uh, some barrier 
on this thing. And once they do that, then eventually uh, one of them takes it. They actually end up uh, letting Father Gerhardt handle that, and he um, he he basically makes sure that never leaves his sight, or he's the one kind of watching over it, or his uh, his acolyte Anton is. Okay. Um, I also want to take a close inspection. There was a, a staff that was like, covered in runes. Yeah, um, so it's it's like a reddish woodish. Well, it's a wooden staff. It's kind of a reddish wood, and that's hanging uh, on a wall. And it's got these black runes carved into it. Does the staff itself seem magical in any way, or is it just mundane with runes carved into it? Um, you don't sense any magic like emanating from it. It seems mundane. I take a evaluate skill, which is a skill I don't think I've ever used. I forgot that I even have it. Um, okay. So basically, get a sense of better sense of what this thing is, or you know, um, you know, if it's particularly special or or not. Evaluate is more to determine how valuable something is. Okay. But if you want, you can certainly test. Sure. Pass by six. Um, to you. It does seem like it's just a quarterstaff of some sort. However, it does seem like it is fairly nicely made. Um, the wood seems a bit rare or unusual to you, so that might be worth something. Um, and, you know, the the runes, they're not, like, expertly crafted or anything like that, but you would think to, like, someone that is a magic user or some sort of collector... You know, it definitely does not look like it's um, from the Empire. All right. Um, I'll ask Warnath where all the items are actually being taken to. Are they being things, some at the Gallows, Gallows End, or some other location? Yeah, you guys are loading everything up in the wagons, then taking them back to Gallows End, where they can be okay. properly studied, and then okay. it'll be determined where they're going to go from there. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I'll be sure to assist in any way that I can. You know, I, I'm definitely still intrigued by many of these items. Um, but I'm, I'm not taking anything. You know, I'm not going to like, you know, causing a scene or anything like that. But uh, I'll just help out where I can and uh, get everything ready to go for move for transport. Okay. Uh, for the most part, they, um, you know, they just kind of tell you like when it's you know safe to move something or transport something or where to put it. You know, they may, you know, since you can read and write, they may have you acting as like one of their um, their scribes, kind of keeping a, an inventory of everything and kind of telling you like what they can assess from here and like how dangerous, you know, they consider it. So, um, you know, or what's like this, you know, this seems safe enough to handle, you know, just go put it over there sort of thing. So they um, they do go through through all of that. Earth is going to make sure that he tracks down that sword, too, and, and maybe ask someone like about what it is or what it was it, mostly in the sense that he he knows that he touched it and he's just kind of curious about like what that oh, means for him sure uh so i believe you guys had brought the sword back downstairs after or no i think you guys took the sword with to gallows end because it was one of the smaller items because i recall or do we i that? i i think kessler took it okay but... then, then never mind well, regardless, it is something they would eventually go over, and it's actually Benedict who um, takes a look at it for a few minutes, and he points out 
the four black gems on the handle. And he points something out to you that even when he points it out, it's almost impossible for you to notice. Uh, but then he demonstrates by pressing it with something else. And you can see that the four gems, when they're compressed, they actually like um, they sink into the handle. And it turns out that it's not like a chaos tainted item or anything like that. It's this weird sword that when you're holding the the handle, your four fingers, other than your thumb, almost naturally rest on each of these gems. And when you're gripping the sword with a normal grip, the pressure of your grip makes those gems kind of get sunk into the handle. And when you do that, the very the gems are kind of like little like pointed diamonds, almost like almost like a like a D8 or a D10. And the tip of each of those gems actually has a tiny needle that then strikes the tip of your finger and it injects some sort of poison. So when you explain what happened, he says that it was probably the shock of the poison entering your system and the fact that your hand is still working and you don't seem to have shown any negative signs after you know a couple weeks he would guess means that you're probably okay but he says you should probably check in with uh whistler just to make sure and maybe even father gerhardt if there's anything supernatural but he seems pretty confident like nope i don't think that's a chaos thing i just think that's you know like a a devilish trick sort of thing you know i mean that's kind of a relief so I'll take it. I'll take it as a minor win. He, minor victory. he doesn't know like where it's from. He can't identify other than it's probably from outside the empire. But um, yeah, he's like, I, I think that's all it is. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you got lucky in that regards to what you picked up. doesn't like it. I mean, it didn't and, feel like it at the time, but it does now. And then he, he kind of shows that like, you know, um, Basically, once you know that, if you hold the, the, the handle the right way with your fingers in between the gems, then you don't really have the risk of setting them off. But with just the way the handle's designed, it's almost designed to, like, encourage someone to press the gems. And he's like, you know, it could just be a really nasty, like, anti-theft mechanism. Yeah, I was going to say, is that is that the sum total of what that's all about? It's just, like, keeping other people from touching it? Oh, it could be. I mean, especially if this was like a blade for like an assassin or something like that. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, like it, it's expensive looking. So if nothing else, you know, I mean, it's probably worth a couple gold. So maybe even more, you know, from wherever it's from. Strange. So ultimately, as I said, this takes about a day or two and... Or I should say it takes pretty much the entire day. The biggest problem is moving some of the larger things like the Iron Maiden because it's so huge and, it, you know, it takes a bunch of you to, to actually handle it and move it. And it takes up a lot of space in the wagons. But you guys are able to get everything uh, secured in the wagons. Um, at one point, Firth, you and Benedict uh, would go and speak with maybe some of the uh, city officials and kind of tell them, you know, what's going on and kind of the suspicions of, uh, of Procnow. 
and you know eventually they're gonna once they do a little bit more and kind of go through his his uh, archives here um you know start to look into other people in the guild so when you guys get back uh proc now or not proc now a uh, benedict you know starts to organize some of the guards and you know basically have to start you know doing a, an inquest out in the city and starting to look into his uh uh any other people that are part of the guild so you know they maybe they get some local uh help uh some of the local officials or maybe some of the you know the temple of sigmar and stuff like that to help out and really bring some serious imperial imperial authority in on the case um when you guys are back in um or one other thing that he finds um you know there's a lot of books and documents and things down in the library on some of the shelves and one of the things that benedict finds he shows to you firth and it looks like he has found a letter of some importance wait he's showing it to me yes a letter yes I'm like, can I fully read and write now, or am I am I like still kind of like? Uh, I mean, obviously you, you don't know, learn to read and write so overnight, um, but at this point you can probably read most stuff, and you're getting better at writing. Obviously, some of the more complex and larger words, you know, you probably have like, you know, like a first or second grader's reading level at this point. But over time, it'll get better. But for all game purposes, you know. You can read and write enough to where he can get by. So, um, and even if he didn't, he would, you know, read it to you. But this yeah. is what you get if you'd like to read that for our listeners. All right. Bert, excellent work with Koch. It is no surprise that Gregor's obsession with Von Brunner led to the destruction of the branch. While the loss of his operation is unfortunate, it is something I have been anticipating and preparing for should such a loss occur. Regardless, we will continue to move forward with our plans. Our new allies, while distasteful creatures, have proven quite the cog in our master's machine. Their ingenuity is rivaled only by their paranoia. Once Koch returns, send him to attend the unveiling of the new weapon in Nuln, and meet with our contact there the meeting place is is in the sewers near the bling pig blind. Uh, blind blind sorry yep i like it bling the pig is all blinged out <laughs> bling pig is way better than blind pig the blind pig have him seek out shadow claw the included map will show him the way with a little effort have him provide the bounty money and fulfill part of our bargain. This should, for now, prove adequate in satisfying any doubts they have about our loyalty to this new alliance. Have him assist our contact in any way he can until the unveiling is completed. And then have him return to you for new orders. Our new allies are working with another party, a man by the name of Gorman. It is imperative that he does not know about Koch's connection to the cult. In the meantime, continue the search as before. 
And then there's the wax seal with the A in it. Yes, Ooh. and all of you instantly recognize that as the same wax seal A that you saw on the letter that you found in Pearson's room. So that's something he would probably show you as you guys are making your way back to uh to Gallows End in the wagon. I we don't last Warnack. Sorry. Sorry. We all question at the same time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can almost hear the, the hamster wheels turning, right? Uh the question I wanted to ask was for Warnath about okay. uh in the in the letter when they said, you know, searching for the item, does he think uh, that means the crown or is it something else? Oh, I would hate to think it is, but if that is what they are referring to, then some of them know that we are onto them. This could mean that this cult, if that's the case, then this cult could be working directly for Archeon or at least in contact with some of his lieutenants. That is not good for us. I would rather think it's just a coincidence, but my years have taught me otherwise. God, I've had this letter ready for you guys for so long. <laughs> I'm very excited to have you guys read it. It mentions uh, Gregor. Is that someone we know? Or am I forgetting? Gorman? Yes. Gregor was Gregor Pearson Gregor from Pearson. Grunwald Lodge. Okay. He was the, the leader of that part of the cult. Well, he wasn't he wasn't to be let in on the uh, Skaven situation. No, no, no. It's saying Gorman. Gorman and Gregor are both mentioned in this letter. You've never heard the name Gorman before. Gorman to me is always going to be the lieutenant in Aliens. <laughs> it's true. Always were an asshole. This Gorman's probably an asshole too. <laughs> All right. Well, eventually, you guys get back to um, Gallows End, and all of the stuff that you guys get from Procknow's place is locked into the vault. And the group, you know, primarily the two wizards and the warrior priest. Um, we'll be spending time overlooking everything and trying to properly catalog it. And, you know, Benedict seems like he's going to oversee that a little bit, but it looks like uh, von, um, von uh, Meinhardt is putting him in charge of dealing with everything in Ubersreich and this cult. Mein, mein who? Meinhardt, the, uh, oh, yeah, uh, no, yeah, the general. I, 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 I keep thinking Meinkopt which is the name of one of the engineers in the Empire, the guy that oh. made like all the crazy weapons. So it's all starting to blur in my head. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else for that. And I was like, no, no, no it, it, it's, <laughs> it, is, it is very close to, to that. Um, and like, yeah, I had, to, I had to think about that at first, but it's, uh, it's mine copped, K-O-P-T, I think is how it's spelled. So nice job there, GW. Couldn't have changed a few vowels. <laughs> Anyway, during this time, uh, maybe a couple days later, you guys, uh, let me see. Why don't each of you roll me a D100? Wait.
I got a 33. No way, you've got the same number. <laughs> that, that, which is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. 42. All right. Okay. LaVolpe, you see uh, there's a bit of commotion at the gate. And um, ultimately, you see that uh, the guards let uh, someone in that appears to be a messenger or a, a courier or a runner. And uh, you can see that Captain Rife is talking to this guy. And uh, Captain Rife catches you out of the corner of his eye. And after he talks to this guy, he waves you over. Okay, I go over. He says, uh, Volpe, uh, this man here says he has a uh, message and a package for Von Kessler. Can you handle this? Really? Yes, uh, certainly. Did he say who it's from? The guy standing right there. He, oh, uh, the message. Yeah, who's the message from, young man? Uh, it is a, uh, it's a message from, um, from Nome. Um, uh, the, the sender is a, a man by the name of Oliver Garvin. I was instructed to give this to Matthias von Kessler, the witch hunter. Uh, all right. Was was not expecting anything. I'll have to uh, check with the others. Uh, thank you. Chris, listens to see if the package is taking. Um. Oh, he doesn't give the package over. He's like, I, I'm sorry, my lord, but I, I have my instructions. I'm to give this to Matthias and only Matthias. Uh, well, that might be a problem right now. He is recovering, friend. So um, perhaps you can stay with us and uh, we figure out what we uh, can do. He looks around nervously, says, I, I cannot stay for long, my lord. I do have other uh, jobs to attend to. But this was the one I was uh, given as a priority, and uh, and I, I was paid good money to come here, so um, I can stay for a bit. Uh, we uh, we make sure you get on your way as fast as we can. I'd appreciate that. And he he keeps the package like tucked under his arm and looks to you like kind of like okay where to or what are we doing? I I I look at the captain and be like, uh, what do you do in these situations? Oh, Captain Rife left after he was like, can you take care of this? You're like, yeah. He's like, all okay. right. And he went back into the barracks. Uh, so the two, the two of you are standing inside the gates, like, hmm. Howard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will. Um, I guess I, uh, I go, f um, I go look for someone else. <laughs> uh, who do you look for? I mean, uh, I go look for Strauss. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Gaius. Well, he, he's dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> who are you gonna go find for this, uh, this package? Uh, Dating Gaius. Okay. He's not hard to track down. Do you bring the messenger with you? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, he obviously, uh, you know, uh, do you let him do the talking or do you introduce him to Gaius? I, I introduce him. I say, uh, we have a uh, messenger here. He is asked by an unknown who I do not know to deliver this package to, uh, Messer Kessler. And only Messer Kessler. So uh, I do not know how you deal with such things here, but uh, it seems as if uh, someone should check it, given everything that's happened recently. 
Uh, he looks to you and he says, well, um, you can certainly bring it to Kessler. He's in the infirmary. Yes, but uh, don't you have uh, more protocols? Well, the the man says he needs to give it to Kessler. No. So, and he looks to the boys like, I'm sure you want to make sure that uh, you see things for your own eyes. And he says, yes, please, my lord. So the the three of you go to the infirmary where you would find, um, uh, you know, where you find Kessler, who's still in his bed. And, you know, Gaius says, as you can see, Er Kessler is recovering from some pretty serious injuries. But uh, I understand you'll probably have to be on your way, so you can leave it here by his bedside. Um or you can give it to the care of one of us. I am the Chamberlain here. I can make sure that it gets to him when he awakes. Or you can give it to LaVolpe here. He's one of his lieutenants. He'll take care of things. And you can see he's kind of a you know, little nervous for a moment. You want to give me a charm test, LaVolpe? Yeah, I'll say, yeah, make sure he gets it. I promise. And... and... A Talayan's promise is worth in uh, gold. Oh, I fell by three. <laughs> All right. Well, obviously Gaius is helping you out with this check, and he seems, um, you know, he seems to, uh, his reassurances seem to be enough to convince the kid who, you know, he, um, you know, he leaves it on the, uh, on the, the little stand next to Kessler. And he says, well, I can't give it to a man who can't accept it. So I guess this is the best alternative. I mean, I've, I've done my work here and there's multiple people that have seen me here. So I can't really do much more than that. I don't think anyone will question your friend. And uh, eventually, yeah, he, he would leave. And there is a small, uh, like a small little bottle. I shouldn't say small. It's um maybe like two by two. You know, it's not it's not huge, but it's not tiny. Uh, it it's very heavy when you um when you pick it up, uh, Lavolpe. It's got some serious weight to it. Oh, well, uh, I think it's in Tesla's best interest. We uh maybe open it up together for him. Make sure it's nothing bad or something time sensitive. Yes. So I'll, when I can, I'll get um, Firth and Mort, you know, down here to open it uh, together. Okay. Well, you can easily get them and, and bring them over. So I There's say, also... hey guys, this package came for Kessler. Yeah, let's say we open it together. Yes? There is a uh, a letter um, attached to it as well. Hmm. I... Again, can I, uh, how's like Kessler actually doing? Is he like sleeping or? Yeah, he's at this point, it seems like, um, he's, they've seen a few signs that maybe he's starting to come to and, uh, all of you can make me an intuition test, please. Fail by two. Also fail by two. Uh, 
Failed by three. Okay. Uh, none of you would uh, notice anything <laughs> else. <laughs> Let's open it. <laughs> um, but yes, there is a. It uh, looks like there's a a letter attached as well. Those I'll... moments always feel like like one of those upside down exclamation points to me. It's like like I know there's something I should be seeing now, but I'm just not seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, dun, 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 dun. You guys should have that that note that they. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Found in Procknow's place in your handouts now. Do you have it? Hey. Yeah, got it. Cool. Okay. Yep. Like, oh, Firth, uh, yeah. another opportunity to practice your your, your reading, and I'll uh, hand Firth the note. Okay. So you're obviously looking at the, the letter before the package? Yes. Okay. Well, then, I actually, I can just do this. Um, wait, that's not oh. it. Did that work? There we go, yeah. Okay, this, there's two pages to, uh, to this letter. Um... And so, um, would you like to read it, or do you want me to handle it? Uh, should first, should I actually painfully do, dear, <laughs> dear, Matt? <laughs> uh, I mean, it would be good for the first, but this is kind of a long letter, so. Yeah. I think. I'm, I, think I mean, I'll read it. I don't mind reading it, but I'll, I mean, legitimately read it. I don't care. Okay. Up to you. I don't know why I'm having a hard time. Uh... There we go. All right, yeah, you can go ahead. All right, dear Matthias, uh, how have you been, my friend? It's been quite some time since we last spoke. I hope all is well over there in Gallows End. How is the hunting of the witches? Ha ha. But I jest, I pray to Sigmar that you have been able to find some peace after what happened in Marienburg. Have you had any luck in your investigation? I wish nothing more than you find the culprits responsible and bring them to justice. The foul scum deserve nothing less than the judgment of our Lord Sigmar, and I know you will be the man to one day deliver it. As promised, enclosed are the pistols that you requested several months ago. I apologize for the time it took to complete these, but as, you will, as you'll soon see, they will be worth the wait. I borrowed a few ideas from the works of the great von Meinkopf, but have modified and added a few of my own features. The design is based on von Meinkopf's repeater pistol, but I have overhauled the rotation mechanism. This should allow for less malfunctions, and if it becomes damaged, it should make for easier repairs and maintenance. The barrels have a quick-release device that allows for incredibly fast reloading. Just pop back the lock and the shells will eject, then place a new shell in each barrel, and you, you'll be ready to purge the heretic. 
What's a shell, you ask? A new invention I've been working on here at the gunnery school. Quite simply, it's all of your shot and powder combined into a nifty little container. Gone will be the days of pouring powder into uh, on the run and using a ramrod to pack everything. Since it is new, it'll be next to impossible to find outside of Nuln, but fear not. I have included a recipe and schematics for how to replicate it. Any engineer worth his salt would be able to make replacements for you. And the grips and frame are reinforced with the finest dwarven steel. So you should, uh, so should you find yourself low on shot or face to face with a foe, don't be afraid to get a little, to get a little fisticuff. I can't wait to hear what you think of these. So please get back to me once you've had a chance to use them in the field. By now, I'm sure you've heard about the Magnus. We here in Nolan have been hard at work on a new cannon to rival that of Ulrich's Thunder in Middenheim. The the Electric Countess decree that Nuln, being the preeminent industry of black powder and firearms in the Empire, should also be home to its greatest weapon. It is nearing completion and will be unveiled to the public soon. This should teach those curs in the north to stay in their frozen hell and not to trespass on Sigmar, Sigmar's glorious lands. Uh, is there? Uh, can I see the other page? I only see the one page. Okay, hold on. Oh. There we go. Take the room. Got it now? Yep. Alas, though, all is not well here in Nuln, and I have a favor to ask of you. There have been some strange disappearances as of late. While no one seems to think twice about them, I have a feeling that something is amiss. There's something else I wish to speak of which, with you, but it is of the most sensitive nature, and, I cannot be, and it cannot be put to paper. I implore you to come to Nuln with all due haste. I know your line of work. Secrets are sometimes a necessity, and that, I fear, is the case here as well. And before you go, before you go getting uh, your hat in a tizzy, it has nothing to do with our friends, quote unquote, we dealt with in the past. Regardless, it is important enough that I wish to bring it to your attention. Safe travels, my friend. I look forward to seeing you as soon as your duties and time permit. Yours truly, Oliver Garvin, Master Engineer, Neustadt Nuln, Western District. Yes, I am still without a name for your new pistols. Von Meinkopf originally called them the called the repeater pistol von Meinkopf's micro mainspring of multitudinous precipitation precipitation of pernicious lead. But as you can imagine, repeater pistol is far faster to say. I was thinking something along the lines of Garvin's Gatling pistol. What's a Gatling, I hear you ask? Truthfully, I have no idea, but it does have quite a ring to it, doesn't it? Ta-ta. <laughs> Ta-ta. Got a very English again. Yeah, say yeah. that uh, Say that invention four times fast. The, the, uh, the first thing? The, uh, yeah, yep. Von Meinkopf's micro mainspring of multitudinous precipitation of pernicious lead, or the VMMMOMPOPL for short. Rolls <laughs> off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you have it. Got some fancy guns and a contact. And uh, we we have an engineer on hand to make some shells you do not 
Guess we're going to Nome. Uh, that was Oliver, huh? Oliver was also Gan's first name, the the kennel master. That's what it was. I'm like, why have I heard Oliver before? With the Oliver, I know. I was uh, when I read that, I was like, go back through the letter. Do you open the box or do you leave it closed? Yeah. So inside, you find two of what to the three of you looks like the most elaborate pistols you've ever seen. And Oliver's letter does not do these things justice. And when you pick them up out of the, the case, they have a good weight to them but they feel incredibly well-balanced. And unlike the pistols that Kessler wields, these pistols have uh, each have three barrels in the sh like a triangle shape. And much like the Hellblaster volley gun that the Empire uses, in a similar fashion, when a shot is fired, the barrels rotate to put the next one that's loaded in the firing position and then you kind of follow his instructions and you can see that there's a lock that keeps it, it loads kind of like an old school like double barreled shotgun where like the gun like you know kind of folds down in half and then the shells pop out it's pretty much similar so there's like a locking mechanism that keeps the barrels held in place against the the stock and the handle and then when you pop that open it you know it springs into kind of that v shape that the gun would make and the shells all pop out and they're underneath the guns, the, the tray that the guns are in, it's like a nice little velvet case, you know, that's outlined so that they fit perfectly. You take that tray out and underneath um, there is just a layer of shells. It looks like there's about 30 shells there. And they're basically like little miniature shotgun shells that load into this thing. And they are of extremely gorgeous quality. Um, they definitely look of, you know, master crafted and the the metal you guys can tell is unlike anything you guys have ever seen. The, the steel that he mentions uh, definitely you can tell is dwarven made and seems really, really high quality. Uh, the wood seems really uh, nice as well. You know, it's all oiled and polished and the grips on the gun are this gorgeous, beautiful leather. And you can even see when you start to examine it closer, it looks like these are definitely something custom made for Kessler because you do see that um, his initials have been engraved in the uh, like the bottom of the handle. Like if it was if it was like a regular handgun where the clip would drop out, the bottom you know of the clip is where his initials are engraved, and you do see um, the barrels have the a very simple but delicate engraving of the twin-tailed comet running down the length of the barrel. Uh, you guys also notice that the hammer that that hits uh, to fire the gun upon closer inspection, the hammer has been carved and engraved to look like a miniature hammer of Sigmar. It's quite the present. 
must have paid quite some coin to get those custom crafted. Yeah, it definitely looks expensive. <laughs> Is uh, Kessler still like passed out? Was he actually conscious yet? Looks like he's still out right now. Well, I mean, I guess we'll. we'll... Plan to vote. Am I holding them? Who's holding them? Uh, whoever. I mean, you read the letter, so I guess you're probably holding them. I'll I'll give them to Lavope and say like these are to be kept safe until he's uh he's back with us. Yes, I will. All right. Well, do you guys do anything else, or just should I just keep moving things along here? Um. Since we kind of have um, the run of Gavel's End at this point, I, I just kind of have some like, general questions or things, you know, to look into sure. with Gavel's End. Now we can kind of do whatever we want with it. Okay. Um, so, so, first of all, when it came to, like, you know, after the battle, you know, was there any, like, items or loot we could have gotten off the people who we defeated? Um, well, Bauman had a, a sword, just a hand weapon, and she had a single pistol. Browse had two pistols and a very nice rapier. Um, the Black Cowls uh, had a variety of weapons. I mean, nothing um, like super rare, but they did have like a mix. Like one of them had a spear, one of them had a uh, bastard sword. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, what's her face had a bastard sword? Um, uh, Bowman, right? Yeah, yeah, she had a bastard sword. So, I mean, the most the most rare and expensive things would be the three pistols, and uh, Strauss's definitely look nicer than um, than Bauman's. Um. Okay. Yeah. If if you uh, want to make an inventory here, Mort, uh, I'll give you a quick rundown. So there's Strauss's two pistols. his rapier and he had a sword breaker okay bauman had a bastard sword and a pistol okay sergeant kruger had two hand weapons one of the black cowls had a hand weapon i'm sorry um there's a total of one two three Four hand weapons. Uh, three three of them are swords. One of them is an axe. There was also a spear, another bastard sword, and two crossbows. Um, the black cowls, I should say Sergeant Kruger, he actually had some heavier armor uh, in the form of basically he had armor two on all his locations. So he oh. was kind of wearing like, like medium armor, whereas you guys mostly have leathers. Um, Is armor that, still intact? Other than the helmet? Yes. Um, he pretty much just took headshots that fight. So um, yes. <laughs> However, uh, you know, it would need to be fitted to one of you if you wanted to try to use it. So, oh, the blacksmith got killed. Ugh. 
Yeah, yeah, that's another thing too. Is that they, um, you guys will need to maybe find some replacements for some of these people. But uh, yes, yeah, so you do have you do have like armor two type armor. Okay. Um, Lavope would Strauss's sword rapier. That's something that you you do. I'm not really sure what weapon you use. I think, it is. Yeah, it'd, it'd be something good for me to have. And the the sword breaker is the. The sword breaker's on the rapier, or it's a separate item? It's a thing. separate item. It's under the parry weapon group. It's got like a, it's got like two little circulates that come up right at the top of the hilt. Basically like metal rings. And basically the idea is that you would catch your enemy's sword in those, and then you'd turn your wrist and you can break you could break a poorly made sword in half. Yeah, it has the traits defensive and trap blade. So it does have a chance you can either disarm or break someone's weapon. Oh yeah, that's actually... Yeah, that's under trappings for level 2. Um, yeah, if that's something I could eventually learn how to use, I would, uh, wouldn't mind having yeah, you, it. You, you just need to, to get an advance in the weapon or the weapon parry group. Okay, um, so yeah, the Volpe, if you want any of that, that stuff, I mean, I'd say go for it. Yeah, I would not mind uh, having those two items. Um, I, I don't know if you guys are interested in like the heavy armor, but you know that there's that too. The, that might be for Firth. Uh, I have to look up because I start getting negatives if I have anything over leather. Um, I think that yeah. Um, just so you know, Lavolpe, Strauss's sword has the two following qualities which means like it's um uh i'm sorry it's it's an item quality not a weapon quality so it has uh fine and lightweight so mm -hmm. fine is meticulously crafted to please the eye this quality is a sign of social status that can be taken multiple times the higher the quality the more impressive it seems so you have a very, very nice, obviously well-made-looking sword. And then lightweight, cleverly crafted for ease of carrying, reduce encumbrance points by one. So that rapier is essentially encumbrance zero. Well, that would be an upgrade to what I have then. Yeah, it's just, it's much lighter when you carry it. It seems much better balanced than the one you have. Lope, you're currently fighting with a rapier? Yes. Oh, well, yeah. There you go. Direct upgrade. Nice. Very good thinking, Mort. Um, going through, like, Strauss's office and chambers, you know, was there... I assume we would go through and you know, loot it, essentially, or see what's in there and see what he no, was fighting. You can't, you can't go over that because von Meinkamp... Or, no, von Meinhardt has made his quarters in Strauss's office. That's gotcha. where he's doing all these interviews. So, um, yeah, you can't you can't get in there. Uh, now, keep in mind, one of his two pistols did explode, so it's completely scrapped. That's right. So Remember, basically, we have a total of two usable pistols that came out of that. Yes, and one of them definitely seems nicer than the other. Was that the Strauss pistol? Yes, of course. 
And it's not that Bauman's pistol is garbage, just his is obviously nicer quality. Well, what's a nicer quality pistol? Strauss's pistol or Kessler's new pistol? <laughs> oh, definitely Kessler's. Do you, do you guys use black powder stuff? I'm going to, but I'm not there yet. I mean, now's your chance to pick one up. Well, Volpe should take the Volpe should take the nicer one. I'll take the other. Was that the bot? Oh, no, it was Tyler. Tyler, okay. Uh, yeah, no, Volpe should take the, the that one, and uh, I'll take the I'll take the lesser of them because he's actually got the skill now. Okay. okay. All right. Well, uh, anything else to do with the gear here? I'm not what? saying anything we're not using. You know, would give over to the quartermaster. I've got two encumbrance. Is there anything I can grab? Uh, I mean, you could probably the... grab some of his. I mean, eventually you could get his armor uh, refitted to fit. Oh, that's you. right. It's got to be fitted. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, never mind. Uh, I... Otherwise, you can give it all to uh, to Riker. Yeah. Let's give some. Let's generate some goodwill and do that. Uh, well, when you when you mean when you guys give it, bring all that gear, obviously uh, he he's thankful for that, and uh, immediately goes to uh, getting it fixed up and cleaned up and and putting it in his stock. So, um, whatever ill will you may have had with Riker at the start of the adventure, Firth seems to have completely evaporated, and um, especially now that he's learned a little more about you, and you guys learn that you both have worked on the docks. Um, he's definitely one of the, the nicer and easier to get along people at this point. You guys probably have shared a couple uh, a couple ales in the tavern at this point with Riker. So, okay. um, yeah, he's definitely on your, on your good side. So, uh, LaVolpe, if you want, you can take Strauss's pistol. They said take that one if you'd like it. Excellent. Yes, I will. And much like uh, his rapier, it also has the fine and lightweight qualities. Excellent. And then everything else that a pistol has. I also wouldn't mind having a follow-up conversation with Davian Gaius to talk about, you know, the hell they're actually doing, you know, behind the scenes. We weren't around. If you'd like, you could do that. I mean, yeah, it's probably available right now if you guys want to track him down. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk to guys. Okay. Um, well, he would uh, actually invite you guys to his room. So we'll go back into the keep here for a moment. Um, it's not very large, but he does uh, bring you guys here. So I guess I can reveal most of this to you guys as well. So his room is up here. That didn't work. Okay. There we go. Oh, whoops. Hold on. I can barely That's tell. That's up, up in the northwest is his room? Yeah, D. Um, yeah. E for... There we go. That should still be... Um, and then obviously you guys have been in What's-His-Face's office plenty of times. So you know that this is... Strauss's office. 
What's this spot in between? Not sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, he he would invite you guys there. That's his room. It's fairly simple, you know. He's got a he's got a decent sized bed and a little fireplace in the north. Uh, that's what this is right here. And then he's got a little window with a view and a little desk in that little uh, nook that's uh, there in the window. So yeah, he invites you guys in and um, you know offers you guys a seat. Like, uh, well, Davey, now that uh, things have finally had a chance to calm down around here, I was hoping to uh, follow up with you about what's going on around here under Strauss's leadership. Uh, he looks at you curiously. Well, you, you, you're you Strauss's right-hand man for, for some time now. Surely you must have uh, been knowing what, what he's been up to. So I, I'm curious what your take was. Clearly you must not have been a fan of him. Uh, you know, can you give us more? Uh, can you enlighten us as to what his plans were and what he was actually trying to do? I'll do that thing where, like, while first is talking, I'll maneuver like just outside of the periphery, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to stand. I'm watching him, standing in where he like would have to turn to like see me too and talk to. You know what I mean? He sure. couldn't face, face both of us at the same time. Okay. Uh, well, he's he's sitting at his uh, his desk, and he he nods to that uh, when you ask him that, Mort. What you need to know is that my duty has always been to the chapter house and to the mission that the Templars have here. Strauss has been in charge of Gallows End for quite some time, and up until these recent events, he was every bit your typical witch hunter. He was brutal, determined, without mercy, and a scourge to the great enemy. But when Matthias came back from Marienburg, I could tell there was a bit of a change there. I mean, up until that point, uh, I don't know if I'd say that Matthias and him were friends, but even though Strauss is a bit more of a traditional hunter, he seemed to tolerate Matthias's quirks and his unconventional methods in the types of people that he recruits and works with. And that's because Matthias has a very good track record of getting things done. And Strauss was all about results. And so that's what uh, Matthias could produce. So he seemed to let that be. However, that also means he let people like Hawthorne uh, have the free reign that I don't think they truly deserve. Don't get me wrong, gentlemen. I understand what the Templars have to do on a daily basis. And I do not enjoy the screams from under the keep, but I understand it is a necessity here. I take that duty quite seriously. But, well, I guess I could put it this way. At one point, Strauss trusted Matthias enough to let his son Heinrich join his retinue. And all signs pointed to that Heinrich was probably going to become an apprentice of Kessler's. 
And I think part of that is because Strauss trusted him. And I think even though Strauss didn't agree with all of Matthias's methods, he did want Heinrich to be successful. And he wanted Heinrich to understand every aspect of what the Templars do. And getting the perspective of someone like Matthias, I think Strauss probably believed would be good experience for his son. Unfortunately, when Matthias came back without Heinrich, I could tell that bothered Strauss. He did a very good job of hiding that and making everyone around seem that it was all business as usual. But I could tell. And once you were all here, I could start to sense the change that was going on. And by the time he brought in the black cowls, well, I realized something was wrong. But I was not privy to all of Strauss's thoughts. I certainly was not a confidant, which I think you all believe I may have been. I was simply another servant, another tool of his. But you're saying from your perspective, Strauss's attack on us was purely personal. I have no doubt of that. No ulterior motivations, no other groups you know, he's been working with. Just purely a, he didn't like what the Tyrus was doing and the results of uh, his mission in Marienburg. Well, while I can't say that I know every single thing Strauss was doing or thinking, I'm confident in that I don't believe he was doing anything other than what a grieving, angry father thought he was doing was best. Although the deceitfulness and the way that he went about everything was distasteful and was completely uncalled for. I believe Matthias's story about what happened in Marienburg, and I know that someone like Matthias does not take his command lightly, and he certainly doesn't put his men, let alone the son of his superior, in jeopardy for no good reason or um, haphazardly. So when Matthias explained that they were ambushed by the cult and that he lost, you know, was separated from everyone and eventually separated from Heinrich, I believe that is the case. Um, I, I want to do a intuition test when he was saying that uh, he didn't know what Strauss was up to and that he believed that it was all a personal attack and nothing more than that. Go ahead. Pass by five. It seems to be he's telling the truth. Okay. Lucky him. <laughs> so, so your loyalties are to the gallows, not necessarily those who are in command of it. It was only my duty as Chamberlain to assist the captain in whatever capacity he had. But there was a captain before Strauss, whom I served, and there'll be a captain after captain after him, whom I also so whom I shall also serve. I give him like a long hard look. Uh, I mean, he seems genuine, right? As far as I can tell. As far as you can tell, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't break your gaze. He holds it. Okay. 
Are you aware of anyone else Strauss may have been in contact with leading up to his attack on us? As far as I can tell from the orders that he issued or that he had me be a part of, um, when you brought Bauman back, I was aware that he had let her go. And I understood that he had given her that bounty. He didn't hide that. That's when things became apparent that something was wrong. After you had all left for Altdorf, his mood definitely changed and darkened. And if what I'm hearing and reading is all true, then I believe that after you all return from um, from Stromdorf and Kessler was still about himself and in full capacity, I believe he was upset and angry that none of you had done the dirty work for him. And so he called in the Black Cowls, and well, he called in Hawthorne and his Black Cowls, and Hawthorne never really got along with Matthias. I think it was easy for Strauss to uh, kind of pervert him to his side. And with the kind of company that Hawthorne kept, uh, it's no surprise to me that they went along with everything. And so uh, Hawthorne had Kruger hire mercenaries to follow you. And that is who attacked you on the river on the way to Altdorf. Hmm. How long were they following us? Well, I don't know the specifics. I, you know, I wasn't outside the the chapter house, and I don't know how he got in touch with them. But I, uh, I did overhear some of the cowls talking about it. And when you, uh, after hearing what happened in Altdorf. Um, or on the way to Altdorf, I should say. Uh, I can put two and two together there. So it seems that when you when you had returned from Stromdorf, I think at that point Strauss made up his mind that he was just going to deal with things in a more permanent fashion rather than all these secrets and deals and the poison. I think he tried to do that at first to try to keep his hands somewhat clean of it and kind of let you do all the heavy lifting for him. So then he brought in Hawthorne, who was already somewhat loyal to him, easy enough to convince. I think he saw Bauman as kind of a backup insurance as well, easily manipulated and convinced, especially because of her hatred of wizards. So easy enough to sicker on you, Mort. Clearly. And she, uh, you know, got a good amount of coin from that bounty. And so if Bauman was nothing else, if uh, practical and greedy as well, so easy enough to convince her. And he let her, you know, he let her out of the dungeon, basically said, you know, you're reinstated and you can keep doing what you're doing. Which unfortunately, Strauss is not the only captain that I think would have made that decision, but to bring her in on all this was clearly going past the line. So yes, at some point Hawthorne hired mercenaries to have to follow you to Altdorf and made, you know, 
the deal was to have them take you out and make sure you didn't return. And when you did, well, at that point, I think Strauss was starting to put it, extra plans in place should you return. He had the Cowles start to make their presence a little more known here in the chapter house, and that's why there was one in the gatehouse when you got here. And, well, when he found out that the mercenaries failed, um, he basically made this plan with the other two witch hunters to set up this trap. So they told you the gate mechanism was messed up when it wasn't, and while they were distracting you with that, everybody got in the position to spring this trap. Hawthorne climbed up in the tower with his rifle. The others waited in the courtyard and in the barracks. Everybody could tell something was up, but nobody knew for sure. I'm sure Rife and the guards had even less of an idea than I did. I was just trying to put things together at that point. And... and so while this was going on, you just stood back and watched? I did not think he was going to open fire on all of you. I thought he would perhaps take you all in chains, and maybe there'd be a way to deal with things without coming to blows. And Picking what was I supposed to do? I was one unarmed and unarmored man. Well, um, you know the comings and goings around here more than anyone else. I'm sure you could have gotten a message out to us if you truly wanted to. Given us some sort of a warning, but clearly that was not done. He just gives you a look. He doesn't really seem to change his attitude or anything like that. Speaking of Hawthorne, what what can you tell me about him? Well, arrogant. Thinks that he's a big shot because he's young and has accomplished so much. He's ruthless. He'll get things done no matter what it takes. And he's always had unscrupulous types in, under his command. He likes to work with mercenaries. He thinks that gold is the easiest way to get a man's loyalty. He doesn't have time for speeches or true leadership. Thinks enough coin will keep a man satisfied and willing to do stupid things. And unfortunately, he's right. Well, Sergeant Kruger was just another... He's had him around for a while, but the Cowles, they you know, came and went as they were, you know, taken out of action or, you know, went on to other jobs. But all mercenaries, a lot of them, usually the worst of the worst. Do you know where Hawthorne was called in from? I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm sure we could find out. He, is he a normal residence of this chapter house, or is he usually based off other chapter houses? I mean, he's been here frequent enough. Um, not as frequent as Matthias, but definitely one of the more regular fixtures, but doesn't stay around as much. Usually moves around a lot. 
seems to enjoy keeping himself busy and out in the field for what's that that's worth does he have a, a a quarters he was assigned to while he was here um uh i yes i believe he had one of the the rooms in the staff quarters uh, is that part of the keep or a different location in the it's a different location. It's where all the other staff are, like the name characters are. Okay. Well, do you know where Hawthorne may have ran off to? That Any I do not. Leads? He could... I would imagine he would keep his head down at least amongst the Order, but until word of this gets spread to the rest of the order i mean it could be months before what happened here is known to let's say the northern or the eastern districts he could very well travel you know as he could travel just as short a distance as middenheim and you know be under a completely different uh uh general and i i don't know what uh von meinhardt is going to decide to do with all this information i would imagine it would be shared but you know how secretive the templars are it could be something that's swept under the rug and kept under wraps as well okay no unfortunately i think uh i think getting a hold of hawthorne it's going to be difficult unless uh, he comes looking for you. Well, he's done it once before with his mercenary group. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes at us again. And he left without with only what he had on, on him. Perhaps in a, the, he left behind some personal possessions that could like, give us more information. I believe everything's already been uh, taken up by uh, the investigation. Okay. Oh. Oh, all like the personal effects the various witch hunters have been collected by the investigation? Yes. Okay. Yes, they uh they raided Strauss's room. They raided the room that uh Hawthorne was in, and they found what little Bauman had with her in the Emperor's chambers. And when when he says that you see he like shakes his head in disgust. How could you allow her to use the Emperor's chambers? Believe me, I did not want to, but it was not my say. No, she wouldn't be controlled by someone like me, and I did not want to overstep my bounds, play my hand in front of Strauss. So I tried to remain loyal. I think LaVolpe kind of takes his side a little bit and says, you know, Mark, you did help us when it mattered, and it was good having someone on the inside. No, I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm just, I'm feeling him out. <laughs> I, I'm getting very much like a, a Varus vibe from this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. definitely. I, I guess I did kind of inadvertently use a Varus line there, didn't I? Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's fair, I guess. Um. I'll look at uh, Firth, Lavolpe. Uh, any further questions? Good. For what it's worth, I'm glad things turned out the way they did. 
and I think Gallows End is going to be a better place because of it. We we are thankful that uh, you are true to your to your beliefs, and you did not go along with everything Strauss did. And we do appreciate. I I wasn't there when he covered for us. I think that was you guys. That wasn't me. You know about it though. Yeah. Okay. Oh. I couldn't call myself a man of Sigmar if I had done anything less. Well, I I trust that your loyalty will continue to hold through. He nods to that. I got no further questions. <laughs> no, no further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, maybe a day or two later, um, would each of you roll me a D100? I got a 70. Duh. Did mine show up? Yes. Oh, yeah, there Eight. it is. 75. Uh, so, Firth. Um, about a day or two later, uh, Lucia comes and finds you wherever you happen to be. Um, she basically comes bursting into the room, running, uh, the two dogs following her. And she's like, Firth, Firth, he's awake. Oh, wow. Okay. She's like, Uh, come on, Genevieve told me to come and get you. Literally drop everything. And, uh, yeah. All right. I assume you go to the infirmary? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there a way to, like, grab the others or have her grab the others on the way? Yeah. You guys can each go grab one of them and then all yeah. go over here. Yeah. So when the group of you get there, you see that Genevieve is sitting at the side of the bed, and clearly Matthias has finally awoken up. And she seems to be talking to him. And you can see that Whistler is there and obviously checking on him and making sure that, you know, just doing doctor stuff to make sure that he's okay. And eventually, yeah, all of you are there with him. So it's it's the three of you along with Lucia, Genevieve, Whistler, and the two dogs. About time you woke up. Uh, Matthias looks up to you. With a painful grin. I haven't slept like that in a long time. How you feeling? I'm alive. As are we, despite everything that's happened. He looks over the three of you. Glad to see that. How much do you know what's transpired here? Not much. Genevieve was starting to fill me in. But I can put two and two together if you're all standing here. It's Strauss's hat still on the table next to him? It is. Uh-huh. <laughs> is Strauss he dead? Bloody hat. Well, he ain't breathing. He's in Mourner's realm now. I think, Firth, you get most of the credit for that, too, don't you? 
I don't know if uh, he deserves Moore's realm. I assume you guys fill him in on what's happened and what's currently going on. Yeah, I full details. I don't really hold anything back. Okay. Well, he listens, you know, asks a couple questions here and there, but lets you guys talk and go over everything. Um, he is sad to hear that Gand and Podge did not make it and that one of the dogs was killed as well. You can tell that even though they weren't under his command, he definitely, especially, well, I guess not even just with Gand, with Podge as well, um, you can see that he definitely um, gets a little quiet when you guys bring that up. But he's happy to see that you guys are all okay and that you guys took out or captured, you know, everybody aside from Hawthorne. And, you know, he says something under his breath about, you know, how much of a snake Hawthorne is. Um, and he's not surprised that the Witch Hunter General is here and everything else that's going on. So you guys, you know, spend, you know, an hour or so filling him in. And um, Whistler just makes sure that he's comfortable and, uh, you know, comments that it looks like he's going to be okay. You have some new scars, but otherwise you should be fine. And um, everybody give me an intuition test, please. Well, Volpe, you can have plus 20 on this. Ooh. I spy five. I rolled the same thing twice, two intuition checks in a row. In a row. Uh, I passed by four. Also passed, but by two. All of you can tell that Genevieve seems really relieved and happy that Kessler is finally alive and awake. Taking bone some other time. I'm not worried about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> well... Guess what? We have a good present for you. And uh, I produced the uh, letter and the, uh, you know, the repeater pistols. And I just kind of prefaced saying we uh, wanted to make sure it wasn't anything bad. So sorry, we checked it for safety reasons. No apology needed. That's what I would have wanted you to do. And he reads the letter. And uh, when he finishes, he says, Glad to see Oliver came through. Sounds like uh, something might be going on in Nome. What do you know of this weapon, he mentions. You know, uh, Nome do what they do best, right? Making a bigger cannon. That's what they know. What the cannons they got right now are big enough to make another one's bigger. Yes, but does it relate to the other letter we found in Krocknell? They also spoke of a big weapon. Just gonna, just gonna mention that. Uh, I mean, he he doesn't know, but eventually, you guys can let him read the letter, and you know, he'd tell you. But um, he he puts the letter down, and he opens up the box, and uh, he takes out the first of the pistols and starts to look it over, and he seems really impressed uh, with those. I requisitioned Oliver to make these for me shortly after I got back from Marienburg. I was hoping to have them sooner than this, but I suppose it's better late than never. Do you feel well enough to go visit him? Whistler's like, absolutely not. And what? Kessler, what? Kessler sits up a little bit. Ugh. Well, eventually. 
And then he kind of cracks you a rare grin, LaVolpe, and he says, I just get up and I've already got to go back to work, huh? <laughs> we're, we're just excited. You take as long as you need. I don't think we're going to be going anywhere until this investigation is over. I suppose I'll be talking to the big man soon. He's already spoken with all of us. I'm sure he'll want to hear your perspective as well. For what it's worth, he seems to understand the situation as we do. Well, Von, mine heart is uh he's a straight shooter i think i mean i've only dealt with him a handful of times but seems like he gets the job done so you don't get to be witch hunter general without knowing your way around this work so if anyone can get it it would be him Well, I'm uh, I'm glad to see you're all well. And eventually, like Whistler is like, all right, all right, everybody, give the man some room. He needs to rest. Okay, fine. You want us to inform the general you're you're awake, or you want some more time? He says no. Go ahead and tell him. Let's just get this over with. All right. I'm going to let him know. All right. So you guys go over there and, uh, you know, you one of the, the knights is, you know, at guard at the door. And, you know, he goes in and, and tells him. And then, you know, they eventually go over to the infirmary, obviously, since he can't leave to uh, to talk to him. And just as with everyone else, it looks, especially like with, with some of you guys in Firth, it looks like their conversation lasts for quite a while when he goes over to the infirmary and uh, obviously gets Kessler's side of the story, painstaking detail, you know, way from back before you guys even met Kessler and worked here to find out what happened. You guys have a bit more time uh, as maybe, you know, a couple, a couple more days pass as things kind of wrap up with the investigation. Um, you guys will have a, a chance to to speak with Kessler, but aside from Kessler, is there anything else you guys want to do, or uh, anyone else you want to talk to? Something I've mean to do for a while. We have a, a leather worker of sorts here in Galazander, right? So there's Ronald, who is the milliner. He's the yeah. guy who works the hats, and he does do some leather working, and he would often work with Podge. Uh, to do like full leather armor because his is more like leather clothing or you know the most like advanced he might get is maybe like gloves and a belt you know but especially is the hats but you know since podge knew how to like measure and fit armor but he wasn't really good with leather the two of them would kind of work together if he needed to make something like that and since a lot of witch hunters favor leather armor they work together quite a bit that podge died <laughs> i know um... On the clock, too. Jeez, on your own time, buddy. Um, yeah, I- I'll go. Uh, I'll go speak with the mil- with the milliner. See if he uh do a uh, custom job of sorts. 
Yeah, what do you ask him for? So what I want to have done is I, I take out my new grimoire and I want to have the book bound in leather with a seal on it. So that way, should it fall into water again, it has some sort of water <laughs> resistance. Or, you know, should, should it rain or something like that, just so it's, it's covered and protected. So it's not not really his uh, typical go-to, but uh, you know he knows how to work with leather more than by anyone else does around here right now. I hope that he can do some sort of a custom fitting around my grimoire to give it a nice protective leather coat, so to speak. Okay, yeah, basically what it would end up being is like, um, for lack of a better term, like a like a sheath, a sheath for it, you know, that it like slides into. Um, because just putting a leather-bound cover, that's not going to protect the pages, you know. So, like, you, uh, you remember the uh the old uh 3.5 D and D player's handbook? Yes. You know, imagine that, but it was actually, you know, it has like like a clip on it, that, like you know, you actually like a clip closed, it kind of covers the whole thing. Um, that's sure. kind of what I'm imagining. Yeah, I, I get you. Yeah, he can make something like that. Um. I mean, it, it probably wouldn't make it completely waterproof if it was submerged. I know, I know not um, waterproof, just something like resistant. So, you know, if it like touches water, it's not completely gone, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, if it was to like land in a puddle and you picked it up quickly enough, or if you were caught in a rainstorm, it would for sure, you know, do the trick. Um, but yeah, he can definitely make something like that. It'll, it'll take a little bit of time. Um, and it, it, you know, it'll probably cost you something, but he can do it. All right. Yeah, that's 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 what I wanted to have done. Yeah, yeah, he'll work on that. Um, you know, we can assume you might do this earlier too, while there's so much downtime. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, be ready to go by the time you guys, you know, head out whenever you do. So, yeah, he'll get to work on that. Cool. And I, I don't Anyone? know what the charge for that would be, but you know, I'll, I'll pay whatever his fee is. Okay, we'll we'll figure that out. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, uh, anything else from anyone else? I guess not. We're good. I think I'm good to advance. Yeah. Okay. Well, ultimately, um, Kessler uh, asks for uh, Firth to come and see him. Okay. And at this point, it's uh, it's just the two of you. Um, at this point, Kessler is moving about a little bit. Um, he's still kind of bedridden, but he's fully aware and awake and, you know, he does a little bit of moving around to try to start getting use of his, his limbs again and start walking and everything like that. He's still kind of weak. Um, looks like the shot really, really hit him hard. Um, but he is lucky to be alive and, you know, it seems like he will eventually make a full recovery. But anyway, so he calls you in one day Firth. And he's uh, sitting on the bed. Looks like he is reading uh, the Life of Sigmar book that you've seen him read several times. Yeah. Have a seat, Firth. Pull up a chair. Well, yeah. So, I expect... A few months ago, when this all started, you didn't think you'd be sitting in this particular situation. Uh, 
put it on a list of things that I did not expect at all. Yeah. Well, that makes two of us. In all my years, I've never had to cross blades with another witch hunter like that, like what just happened. I've definitely had disagreements with folks, and there's a lot of people that don't like me or the way I do things, but never an outright fight like that. But I hear that uh, despite all that, you guys came out all right, and you pulled it together. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we kind of um, making things up as we went along there a little bit in terms of uh, trying to find a way through it. But I think we we managed more or less. I hear Mort really, uh, really came through. Did I say Firth earlier, by the way? I meant to say Mort if I did. Uh, yeah, total. Mort was MVP for sure. Uh, sorry, I'll say that correctly, though. Mm -hmm. uh, Mort was stellar, uh, outstanding. Um, he's done this for another time, uh, several times for us now, where he really cleans up, uh, you know, when we need him to. Good. Perhaps you start to see why I choose the people the way I do. I yeah, I'm. I'm I hope I'm starting to. I, it's still um, seems a gift, really. I understand you met with the general. I have. Yeah, he's a pretty uh, intense fellow. Yeah, that he is. What are your thoughts? Um, about him specifically, or him? Your discussion? Uh, I I felt like it went actually really quite poorly in that he was asking me a lot of questions that um, after the events of the, you know. I guess whenever that was, a few weeks ago now, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we were called in pretty quickly, and I, uh, yeah, I just ended up talking to him about a bunch of stuff. I didn't really even, he was asking me a lot of questions, uh, and I, clearly he's an expert interrogator. Uh, and I never really felt like I was being interrogator, to interrogate it, um, but I think that's what makes him so good at it, right? Um, Indeed. But, um, yeah, I don't know how good my answers were. I don't, I don't know if uh, it was what he was looking for or not, but uh, it's all out there for him. Well, he's after the truth, and if that's what you told him, I'm sure that's what he saw and what he got. You're not even yes. a full, you're not even a full apprentice, so don't think that. Uh, I wouldn't imagine he thinks for you to have all the answers. Certainly didn't get them from me, but, uh, you know. So, there's about to be a lot of changes here at Gallows End, as I'm sure you're anticipating. 
Uh, yeah, I suppose there has to be. There's um, a number of vacancies that need to be filled. Yes, it's uh, it's unfortunate about Gand and Podge. Podge especially because we need a working armor and metalsmith here. I mean, we can do without a kennel master. We don't have a lot of hounds, but Gand was certainly a great addition. Something to keep an eye out for as we continue our work. We see to see if we can find new faces here to, to fill in the gaps. So it's been a couple months now, and I think you've had quite the taste of what this life entails. I've encountered a lot of things that sometimes it takes hunters years to encounter. We've dealt with the great enemy. We've dealt with the hidden agendas of cults and how deep their influence can run. We've faced some greenskins. We've fought the undead. Plenty of magic users. Even a demon back in that uh, that tavern. Yeah. So how I have to... How long has it been, by the way? Like, how long is how long have we been at this? It's like a um, year? No, it's a couple, couple months. Yeah. Um, maybe like six months in total. All that, so, six months, yeah. So yeah, you guys started probably like in the spring... And at this point, it's become autumn. It's fall, you know. Okay. So he says, we've even had to deal with the betrayal of our own kind, which, well, I guess it just proves you can't really ever, uh, can't put your guard down. You have to expect anything and everything. Yeah, expect the worst and you'll never be disappointed, right? There is some truth in that. So I need to know, Firth, and I i feel you've been honest this entire time with me. Uh, unlike others that I've had under my command, I think that you're pretty straight to the point. So I need to know, do you wish to continue this apprenticeship? Do you think that you can become accustomed to this life? Uh, well, those are two very different questions. I don't think I'll ever become accustomed to the life. Uh, I hope that I never become accustomed to life because that's, quite frankly, miserable. But uh, I do want to continue. And I, I feel more that I can I don't know if it's my calling. I don't think it's my calling, but I, well, I think feel like it's somewhere between my duty and my calling to do this. I feel like um, there has to be a reason why I'm on this path. Otherwise, it's all just nonsense and violence and misery and whatever. So uh, 
I choose to believe that there's a reason why I'm in this and um, I have to fulfill it. Uh, I think I have to run, let this thing run its course now. And you're absolutely sure about that. I will not think any different one way or the other. I would not blame you at all if you decided to call this and make this be the end. I, I might even envy you a little bit because I can't do the same. I do appreciate that, that there's, um, once you're in, you're in for the duration. And uh, I, I am. Well, maybe one day we can both get a cushy office job like Von Brunner and Altdorf. Ah, that's the dream, huh? Is that is that what we aspire to? <laughs> I couldn't do it. No. I'd rather be alongside my men, purging this filth when we can. Yeah, um, like I said, I, th I feel like. It's what we have to do. There's no choice in the matter, really. Well, I'm glad that's your decision. And I think, despite whatever shortcomings you think you have, that you can make a good hunter one day. Believe me, there's a lot more to learn. There's a lot more unpleasantness and, un and foulness in the future, but I think you are the type of man that can handle it, and I think you're the type of man that the hunters need. Honored and honored. Um, and he uh he reaches over to the the nightstand and he, um pulls something out of the drawer and when he kind of turns back in your direction, he hands you um, something and at first you're not sure what it is it looks like it's something wrapped in leather uh, but then when, when he puts it in your hand, you realize that it is his two old pistols in their like holsters. Wow. Wow. If you're going to be an apprentice, we need to make it official. And it doesn't get much more official than black powder when it comes to the Templars. I know you don't know how to use them yet, but you, we'll you get like to look, that. Looking at them the wrong way, like holding it upside down. Yeah. <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking down, down the, the barrel. barrel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. So, these are yours now. I'll show you how to use them and care for them. And hopefully you can end the lives of a lot of heretics with them. Wow. Thank you. Uh, he just nods to you. And uh, there's kind of a moment of silence. And then he says, So, they'll be... Yeah, an official declaration. Um, 
You won't be ordained yet. That doesn't come until you're an actual hunter. But during your apprenticeship now, things will be much more official, and you'll really start to have some of the authority that we do. And assuming that you stay under my tutelage, you'll basically have my authority when I'm not around. And that's not just because the way it is, that's because that's the way I want it. While I don't agree with every single thing that you've done, I trust you enough that I don't think you'll burn the place to the ground, so to speak. So, if something like this happens again, the men are yours to command. Oh boy. Yeah. And should I finally meet more, then it's all yours. Be decades from now, I'm sure. <laughs> That's what I thought when I first started. Regardless, uh, we'll make it official and we'll start to get you the proper gear and your training will get a lot more structured. I understand. Griffin mentioned that he's uh, started to learn how to read already, too. That's just what he was going to say. Yeah. Good. Well, we'll continue with bad. that. We'll, um, I understand you've been training quite hard these last few weeks. I've been trying, yeah, whatever. Um, in any way, I felt that could be help, uh, you know, helpful and necessary, mostly with the boat hook. Good. So, any questions? Um, what, when do I start? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no questions. On we go. Indeed. I do have a question for you, though. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Procnow and Olga? So I tell them about the thing where I promised Procnow and how I'm essentially just have no intention anymore of keeping the promise of letting him go unless I like let him go so he can walk himself to the gallows type of thing um, which seems pretty ice cold but you know Firth is learning <laughs> um, but basically um, I mean what Firth has gathered about, like the what whatever was in store, uh, what he thinks she's a cold-blooded killer, mm -hmm. and uh, what I gather from him, like he seems relatively benign in terms of like you know, like we haven't really gotten anything from him that's malicious, except that everything he owns and touches apparently is just dripping with contagion, right? So even though he doesn't seem like, you know, he hasn't really, 
I haven't seen him conjure demons from a floor or anything like these other people, but uh, what I understand about him is he's every bit as bad or worse because he's amassing this. And I, and I report what I learned about Seench as well. Okay. Have they been interrogated yet? Uh, honestly, not by me. Um, I don't know if the witch hunter general has. Well, if not, then I would expect that would be the next course of action. Mm. If he was sent this letter from Ashtar about Koch, clearly he's higher up on the chain. Mm -hmm. So he probably knows more. As far as Olga, well, even if she was just a cold-hearted killer, she's she's with the wrong group of people. And I hope you understand that as far as the Templars are concerned, that makes her just as guilty as Proc now. Yeah, absolutely. I worry about that kind of thing sometimes. How so? Oh, well, well, we've gotten up to some bad stuff ourselves, I think, uh, in this caper with with them in particular. I'd like to. I'm 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 keen to put them as far behind us as possible, um, as quickly as possible. To be honest, and I want to get I want to refocus us towards um, the, uh, the cult of the Nine Eyes. Well, I think you'll get your wish. It's important that you know that I have explained everything that's transpired to the general. I presumed, yeah. So he knows about what happened. I find it best best to just tell the truth in these sorts of situations, especially with a man like uh, Meinhardt, and he understands it's part of the job. Perhaps it could have gone better, but it is what it is, and, well, we have them as prisoners, and we have quite an inventory of tainted artifacts, so we have results. Yeah, that's my, my only consolation is that hopefully that what we gathered... Uh is important enough that it merited, you know, that, that those those men would have given their lives for it anyway if they'd known what was in balance. Well, Warneth tells me they had pure warp, warp stone down there, amongst other things. That's that an execution right there, so hmm. don't let it weigh on you. These are certainly bad people up to bad things. The only ones that carry warp stone are Foolish, insane, or the rat men? Uh, you know, obviously raise an eyebrow about that. They use it as their currency, and they use it to foul, uh, fuel their magics. Just being near the stuff can cause mutations. Touching it will kill you outright or make you turn into a spawn of chaos in seconds. It's a bright green rock. 
It's the pure stuff of magic. Very dangerous. But there are still those foolish enough to handle it and dabble with it. So, things with them I think will be behind us soon enough. They'll be interrogated and ultimately they'll be executed. Once whatever information can be gleaned from them is gathered. He stares at you for a, a long moment. Uh, and then he continues. Do you think that you can handle that should it come to it? What's that? Interrogate? Which yes. Part? Yeah. I mean, in some ways, probably no one's better. Except for yourself. I mean. I know that the first experience with Koch was shocking. But. As I've said before, it is a grim reality of what we do. I was like, that was like four and a half months ago. <laughs> And sometimes it is uh, it is necessary. Yeah. No, and I I understand. I imagine with someone like Proc now, it will be difficult to extract information. Cultists that worship Zeech tend to dabble in secrets more than anything else. So unraveling anything he may know might prove to be quite difficult. So, we may not learn anything. All we may have to go off is this letter. Clearly, they're up to something in Nome, And that does not surprise me, because I've dealt with this cult in Nome before, on two separate occasions. Nome. Yes. Another one of the branches was located there. It's how I met Oliver. We thwarted their plans twice. I thought they were destroyed or wiped out, but I suppose it's possible some of them are still around, or perhaps another branch has moved in to take up their holdings. Okay. The branch am, was... Am, am I able to connect the dots between this, these um, Ratmen situation and the things that they were alluding to or whatever? What do you mean? The letter, sorry, that the letter was alluding to. Um, the uh, business about uh, uh, the meeting in the sewers and Shadow Claw. And... Uh, I mean, that's up to you. Obviously, Firth probably doesn't believe in Skaven at this point. Yeah, except that, uh, that Kessler just didn't mention like Ratman or whatever. Yeah, he's. I mean, the twice, tw twice now he has obviously said that they they're true and they're real. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's hard for Firth to believe that because it's such a myth in the Empire. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm fine that he's he's not prepared to put storm uh, shadow or whatever and warpstone together with the sewers and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, I suppose there'll be some declarations soon, and once this is all settled up, we will hopefully be on our way to Nome. I, uh, I feel that I'm ready to go. I think it's time that we um, rededicate ourselves to that purpose. Agreed. 
see this cult finished with. Get to this Ashtar and put him to rest. Tell the others, maybe start coming up with a plan or a route of travel. Nolan's a long way away, almost as far as Altdorf. Yeah, we'll set it in motion. Let's go. Uh, and then, um, you know, he's he kind of nods to that, and you guys maybe discuss some of that. And then finally he says, so, one last thing. I think von Meinhardt has come to his conclusions here, but I have a suspicion that he, once he finishes up here, he's, um, uh, I'm sorry, I just totally lost my train of thought. Hold on a second. Um, I'll say about all this. Yeah, I don't know. It's gone. We'll just disregard whatever I was about to say, because I totally forgot. <laughs> Welcome to my world. This is... <laughs> what are we at? Uh, 12.30 on a Saturday night? Yeah. 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 Was it about who's going to be the new captain? Uh, uh, maybe? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I've I've got so many notes in front of me, I'm like... <laughs> trying to make sure I don't miss anything. A lot of setup here, so um, yeah. I'm sorry, listeners. My my brain's a little fried too right now. It's been a long week at work this week, so. Thanks. Um, all right. To the best of us. And it does. Uh, so yeah, he he'll you know you guys kind of finish that up, and then eventually uh he dismisses you, and um you know, over the course of the next couple days, they kind of finish up the investigation and Von Meinhardt starts to kind of finalize everything that's going on here at the chapter house. Um, so I really think that's a, a good place to stop. We don't really have any time to hop into anything else right now. So um, we will call it an evening at that. So Thank you all listeners for joining us here on Dragon's Greed Gaming once again. We will be back same time next week to finish up what's going on here at Gallows End and begin our next leg of the journey. So thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to stop by the Facebook page and give us a like and subscribe. And you can follow us, or find us, I should say, on Spreaker and a lot of other good platforms for podcasts. So check us out, spread the word, send us a message if you like what you're hearing, and love to hear from you guys. Um, and I think that's about all for tonight. So thank you all once again, and we will see you all again next week. Nighty-night.